Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. My name is Joel Moran and I'm here with Riven and Jubilez and this is now episode 109. In this episode, we are going to talk about the Nets signing Paul Millsap and LaMarcus Aldridge, the Suns' interest in Thaddeus Young, the Ben Simmons drama, and Damian Lillard. For the football portion of the show, we will debate who the best Alabama QB is, if Julio Jones is still a top three wide receiver, and give our outlook on the NFC. This is now episode 109, and a quick Patreon shout out to Rice Family, John Pintavelli, Sean Triplett, Burner Hoops, Cat Stevens, Ben Mack, P. Dot, George Garcia, Hikari, Mateen, and Jay Aqua. Our Discord chat is growing slowly but surely. Yes, it is. It's, it's getting lively is. in there. Yep. Today, you know, we talk about all sorts of things. We talk about today, we're talking about Drake's album, of course. The other day, Kanye West and Donda. How many fantasy slots do we still have left? I don't know off the top of my head. Last I saw it was two. Okay. But I think the guy who recently joined the Patreon joined. So I think we might have one left. Okay. We have one more fantasy spot left. If you guys want to join, you can get first dibs by joining our Patreon. And we're going to start doing exclusive stuff for you guys that join on Patreon or via YouTube membership, whether it's exclusive episodes or live streams. We'll think of something, but it's definitely coming soon. And before we start this episode, we want to give you guys a word from our sponsor, The Daily Stakes. Most of the time when we bet, we aim for the stars, shoot for the dark, and hope our bet turns out correct. When you sign up with The Daily Stakes, that won't be the case. The Daily Stakes provides you with the same analytics used by professional sports bettors and sports books to give you the edge you need. You will have access to model projections, key stats, and confidence ratings so you can be educated with the bet you are making and feel comfortable with it. The Daily Stakes covers the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, and the UFC. Another awesome feature the Daily Stakes has is that they host weekly contests that give you a chance to win an authentic sports jersey. There are three types of memberships. The Sport Card membership gives you access to one league of your choosing and the features mentioned before for $14.99 a month. The All Sports Plan gives you access to all leagues they cover, the features mentioned before, and the ability to have a one-on-one session with the Daily Stakes team to guide you on your betting needs for $29.99 a month. And if you aren't sure about which one to choose, you can try the All Sports Trial, which is $6.99 a week, and gives you all the features the All Sports Plan offers outside of the one-on-one session and the ability to enter giveaways. If you are interested in any of these packages, you can get a 30% discount code when you use the code PICKASIDE at checkout. That is P-I-C-K-A-S-I-D-E, PICKASIDE at checkout. The link to the Daily Stakes website will be in our description box down below. Hope you guys enjoyed that ad. You know, how <laughs> did you, this, uh, this is our first time recording an advertisement in that way. It definitely uh, was a uh, different feeling, right? Learning curve for sure. Yeah, yeah learning know. curve for, for sure. Reading off a script, yeah. <laughs> I think. Uh, but yeah, we just got into a partnership with the Daily Stakes. They're really cool dudes. For sure. They're a company based out of Canada. And a lot of the resources on the website are really cool. Like the trophy rating system it shows you if you should take a bet or not. So, for example, if a game has five trophies, that means the confidence rating is high, which means that this is a good bet to take. So, you know, most of the time when we bet, we kind of just, you know, throw shit at yeah, the wall. Throws. With yep. this, you're not kind of you're not doing that. So, I'm definitely going to use it. I'm not much a bet, much of a better myself, but now that I have this resource, I'm yeah. probably definitely going to become one. 
even even more so. Now, yeah. come football season, that's when I start to become a little bit of delinquent. Mm. So you know, now I get a little bit of help. So shout you, out to these guys. You don't doubt. Um, you don't uh, bet during basketball season. Basketball, it, it's it's tricky sometimes because basketball. It's too inconsistent, similar to baseball, just because there's so many games in a season. Football, it's more often than not, the better team's going to win. Obviously, you get your upsets here and there, but football, I feel like, is pretty consistent in terms of, all right, this team's going to win, this team's going to win. Since we last recorded, Paul Millsap has signed with the Brooklyn Nets. And before recording the show, just two minutes before we're hitting that record button, Lamar, LaMarcus Aldridge is heading to Brooklyn Corny. as well. Have the Nets assembled the best team of all time? KD, Kyrie, James Harden, Paul Millsap, LaMarcus Aldridge. They have Blake Griffin still, Joe Harris, Patty Mills. I mean, is this the best assembled team in the history of the NBA? Riv, I think you have a lot to say. What's on your mind? <laughs> Yo, like, oh my God. I think you're more upset about the fact that L.A. didn't join the Bulls. No, yeah, that's, I'm not even mad that he went to the Nets. I'm just mad that he like he he was talking about how he wanted to play with Chicago and he didn't join us, and that was another guy we missed on. Smacked y'all in the face. I wouldn't say smack, but it's just like another guy we missed, you know. Yeah. And it's it's I'm not really like upset because it's like you know guys at the end of their career they want to go win a championship, you know. So at this rate, it's either L.A. or the Nets, and L.A. doesn't really have much room for another guy. So I guess Brooklyn was be the next best spot. So, you know, we're competing with those teams. But um, alluding to your question, I think they are getting there. You know, it's it's tough to say right now because they obviously haven't played a game. Even with the big three in Brooklyn, we only seen 11 games from them. And I, I believe they went 9-2, and two, only losing to Cleveland. So, you know, we haven't seen this team fully healthy. But I think, you know, you look at the roster, you got KD either in most eyes, number one or number two in the league right now. You got Harden, in most eyes, a top five, top six player in the league. Kyrie is a certified top 15 player in the NBA. Then you got Joe Harris, one of the best shooters in the NBA. Patty Mills, who's a really good shooter, one of the best in the NBA. You got BG, who kind of, you know, brought his career back to life with this team. And then Paul Millsap is still a good rotational piece. LA, from what we last seen him, he's still a good player. So I think, you know, this team and then the rookies they brought in were pretty solid. So this team is definitely... Looking like it can compete with, you know, 2017 Warriors. We I think we all can agree it's better than the 2016 Warriors that went 73-9 and nine yeah. off talent alone. So this is definitely going up there into the, the hallway with the great teams, the Bulls and the 96, you know, the 2017 Warriors. This is definitely getting to that comfort zone, but we still have to see them play and be healthy. I think they are trying to assemble the best team of all time because they know that that's what it's going to take. To do what? To win a championship. Because they saw with just KD alone, obviously he can't get the job done. Obviously Ooh. he gave a good, a, a good attempt at it. But well, the Lakers saw the same thing with LeBron it's losing right. in the first oh, round. We still, we still won. Wait, we still won when last you season. Say, and 2018, he took him to the finals. Wait, wait, arguably wait. the worst team to go sir, to the sir, finals. Sir, but go when ahead. you say um, they need all this to win a championship, are you really just saying they need all this to beat LeBron? But you don't want to say just that? a championship because obviously they couldn't get past Milwaukee. Didn't Ooh. even make an ECF Ooh. with I mean, these guys. Played seven games if KD's foot wasn't on the. I hate the foot on it's, the line. In OT, bro. he would have. I mean, he would have made hey, that shot. They won the game. That's all right. What he had five minutes in OT. Oh, I'm just saying, if, if, KD's, if KD's foot was half a size smaller, so what you're telling me is if, if they a, win the game, if a grown man wasn't the size that he was, they would win the game. That's not a his feet, not his. And height. we and people pretend like he didn't airball the game-winning attempt. I didn't pretend. I, no, I remember okay, that. that. That's that, that happened. happened. That's like it happened. No, I guess, but you you made it sound like. <laughs> 
they got destroyed versus the nah, Bucks. Just didn't, they they didn't get fight. it done. That's all I said. Strong I mean, it was fight. game seven OT. I, and KD didn't make Did LeBron bucket. give a fight? I mean, they he subbed out the game when they were down. Paul George did. LeBron Just subbed out the game when they were down eight in game six and didn't come back until they were getting blown out again. Mm-hmm. He definitely quit on his team. That's okay. <laughs> he quit. So KD, t- at least he didn't quit. He okay. airballed, but he didn't quit. Uh-huh. I, I would rather have a guy who's going to fight to the end for his team mm-hmm. than a quitter. Okay, so to continue my statement, uh, I don't believe that they're the best team of all time. So regardless of that. So they are trying to, but I don't think they are. Who's their Still best? have 2017 as the best team ever. You get... A 73-win team, and you just plop in Kevin Durant onto it. It's simple to me. That's going to win you a championship, and it won them back-to-back, almost won them a third. So they are trying to, but I don't think that they're going to surpass that because obviously you need championships, and that Warriors team won that year and the following. And if KD and or Clay, I think if even if Clay is healthy, I feel like they still could have won that series against Toronto. So I... I do believe that they're trying to, and they need to make this team the greatest team of all time, but it's not. The 2017 Warriors are obviously the ones that we're kind of debating against, but I think because they're, the Warriors are so recent, we look at them. But other teams, the 4 Lakers with Gary Payne and Karl Malone, with Kobe and Shaq, obviously they, they did not win a championship. But we're talking about strictly talent and assembling a team. That was a lot of talent on one team. Look at the 86-87 Lakers with Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, James Worthy, Michael Cooper. Those are all guys that are Hall of Famers. Yep. You look at the 85-86 Celtics, Larry Bird, Robert Parrish, Kevin McHale, Dennis Johnson. I mean, there's so many guys. Danny Ainge, there are so many guys there, and the talent level is absurd. So there are so many teams that have an absurd amount of talent in NBA history, and that's why it's hard to say if the, the Nets – are the best assembled team in history. But let's just talk about Golden State. Are you serious? You were serious when you said that. Serious about what? You said that it's hard to say they're not the best team assembled? I think it is. Really? Yeah, because, you, for example, you guys both use the example of the 2017 Warriors. Let's go KD versus KD. They cancel each other out. Steph and Harden cancel each Steph other out. Steph and Harden, they cancel each other Cancel? KD versus KD? Okay, no, KD versus KD cancel. Steph and Harden cancel. Why does that cancel? Because they're like two... They're like they're MVP they're, yeah, they're, they're MVPs. They're both if not, if you got it's either Steph or Harden. People think you know it's like fifty fifty. So it's like they kind of. I don't know why people out. think that, but I don't God. know either. But I'm just telling you what the media thinks. <laughs> you you know? know why they think that? Stop playing. I don't. And then the third, you go with Clay or Kyrie. You know who are you going with? Really, Kyrie's better. He's better. Kyrie's <laughs> better, but I think Clay fits that oh, team yeah, better. For it's sure. yeah, for sure. You go with Kyrie, then on to the fourth. I think Draymond beats out anybody. It's not close. Anybody on the Nets four. So yeah. is it going to be Blake? Is it going to be Millsap? Aldridge? I think Draymond beats them out. But then we get into rough territory because Andre Iguodala versus Millsap. At that point in his career, I'll, Iguodala. I'll take Iggy. I'm taking Iggy, Iggy over, over Blake? anybody. Blake. I'm taking yeah. Iggy over everyone. Over so. what I just seen Blake do this past season. Well, we seen Blake uh, Iggy do in 2017. Yeah, bro, I'm taking Iggy. For even sure. that whole run, 2017, 2018, we can even go back to 2016. Iggy just in Golden State in general, you know, that's a he was different. He was he was the glue. You know what I'm saying? Same I'm not thing. sure. I think I'm taking Blake. I'm taking Over Blake. Iggy? Blake just averaged 25. Even if 10. you don't, huh? Take, huh? 2018, he averaged 25. No, and we're talking, but we're talking about Blake on the Nets. Yeah, I know, but Blake on the Nets in the playoffs, he was averaging 15 a game. Yeah, he's he's a because solid. He was a second option. Even in the regular season, though, he was averaging close to ten. Iggy was he—he he wasn't 
what he once was. We all know that. I don't. I don't know, man. He was still taking the toughest time. All right, let's look at these mm. stats. No, even that stats. though. After Iggy, it gets dry for ne- the Brooklyn. It doesn't. You know, you still got Patty. You Joe still got Harris. Joe Harris. You still got Bruce Brown, yeah, who might so, not even get that much burn anymore. Yeah, it doesn't get no dry. No sap. Lamarcus Aldridge. Sean Livingston. Let's not disrespect him. Yeah, Patty right. Mills is better than Sean Livingston. I don't. What I seen stop, Sean stop, Livingston stop, do. Stop! Oh, stop! 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 Patty Mills is better. Patty Mills is better. Patty Mills is better. And then who who else do they have? Patrick McCall or Kayvon Looney? Uh, David West was on that team. Mm-hmm. He was okay. Yeah, I, mean, was I think I'll team. take Millsap over that version Kevon of West. Looney, you know. It was a bunch of cool guys, but it wasn't like... You we know. have to search up uh, Iguodala's stats in that run, though. The stats wasn't... It's not going to be... Well, uh, let's search it up. Versus, him versus Blake. Him versus Blake. So, while uh, Riv and I are talking, Drew, search that up real quick. All right. Yeah, so, <laughs> Iggy versus uh-huh. Blake. Let's see whose stats is better. But I, I do think this is one of the best teams assembled of all time, and... The interesting part about this roster is that you have a bunch of veterans. You mm-hmm. have Mills, Harris, Bruce Brown, Kyrie, KD, Millsap, Aldridge, Blake, Harden. But they also have a bunch of young guys. They drafted Cam Thomas in this past draft, and that guy's a bucket. I mean, Cam Thomas, I thought he was the third best scorer in the draft. We'll see if that holds <laughs> true. But then drafting Kessler Edwards, who before the draft we both thought was one of the hidden gems in the draft, De'Aaron Sharp, who's a young center, yep. and Nicholas Claxton still. I mean, they still have a lot of young guys on top of the star power that they have. I do think that this is the best team assembled of all time, and they will win the championship this year. Heard that before. <laughs> I mean, you can say, yeah, I've heard that too because I said it last year, but obviously injuries happen. But I think that the great part about this roster is that even if a Kyrie gets hurt, which obviously he's prone to do. Harden, KD with Millsap, Blake, Aldridge, Mills, and Harris can win a championship. Mm -hmm. I think even if they miss two guys, not two of the top guys, but two guys of two role players, let's say they're missing Harris and Bruce Brown or Harris and Millsap, I think anybody can step up on that roster and pick up the slack. Yeah, you know, and the reason why I didn't say the teams in the 80s is because they, they didn't have two top six players in the NBA, I mean, aside from maybe L.A., you know, people still consider Kareem, you know, a top 10 player in the NBA. And, of course, Magic was Magic. But I think Boston, it was Larry Bird and then a bunch of All-Stars. I think 2017, you know, was probably the best. 4 Lakers, you know, I, I'm, I'm willing, I, can, I can probably put – I think the 0-1 team was better, in my opinion. But, you know, the 0-4 Lakers, you could probably put them up against any team that's ever won the championship and be comfortable with that matchup just because of how dominant Shaq and Kobe was. But – yeah, this team, like you said, has a lot of depth, and they can lose a rotational guy to injury. And, you know, unlike the Warriors, where in 2019, you know, Clay went down and Katie went down, and they were starting Alfonso, I forgot his name, but they didn't have a lot of depth. You know, with this Nets team, Kyrie goes down. You still got Patty Mills who can come in and not obviously replicate what Kyrie done, but he can still come in and contribute. You have a lot of depth. Harden goes down, you still have Kyrie, and then you still have a lot of depth. So this team is really deep aside from their stars. So I think this definitely is one of the reasons why they're the best assembled team. So Iguodala, you have it? I do. Okay. All right, so Iguodala in the 2016-2017, fine, in the playoff run, 7.2 points, 3.2 assists, 4.1 rebounds on 19% from three and 46% from the field. Now, Blake, last season, he averaged nine points – 5.9 5.9 total rebounds, two assists, I'll give him, on almost 39% from the three and 
53 so on the field. Similar. Okay. Pretty similar, but yeah. he's obviously Blake was pretty efficient. So Blake in the in the Milwaukee series averaged 12, 8, and 2. And played great defense on Giannis, I think. Well, as good as you could play on Giannis. He played Giannis. good defense. So they're similar. So they're similar. Yeah, okay. I think they're similar. That's why it, you even I'm think even Millsap is similar to Eagle Dollar too. I think just Iggy's defense, you know, his switchable defense is what kind of like puts Yeah, him but over. in terms of his offensive game, we know that Millsap and Blake bring a different dimension. And yeah. if L.A. is anything close to not what he once was, but what he was in San Antonio before getting traded to Brooklyn. I mean, I when think he was on Brooklyn, he was pretty few, good, too. He definitely. I Wait, who are we talking about? Marcus Aldridge. Oh, okay. I think you like, can put him over Iggy, too. I mean, Iggy, I know. Wow, you're disrespecting Iggy I'm not lot. disrespecting Iggy. I just think... I. I I think his impact his... was more so of a locker room leader, and that's huge, but I think it was more so of that. I just think he didn't need to do what he used to do because Kevin Durant walked in the building. Exactly. That's remember, true. This is the finals MVP. The guy you think rightfully deserved this finals MVP. You know, this is a guy who, you know, who impacted. I mean, 2015 was different, though. 2015 Iggy versus 2017 The intangibles was the same, though. That's why all they were I think asking he was more to do so of a locker room defense. leader. Because at the time, he was 33 and 34. Blake right now is how old? Blake right now is 31. I think he's, even though his injuries have, you know, kind of riddled his career, I think him and Andre Gudala is debatable. But then if we're not talking about him versus Iggy, like you said, after after Draymond and Iggy, there's a huge drop-off for Golden yeah. State. And that was the problem with them is that why. during that run, when KD went out, when Clay started to go out, when we saw Curry in the finals versus the Raptors, we saw how bad their depth was. Even with Boogie Cousins there, yeah. we saw how bad their depth was starting to become. But I think the Nets have assembled one of the best teams, if not the best one in NBA history. I mean, this is this will be KD's what second greatest. He has two of the greatest teams ever assembled. And now it, it. it seems like James Harden is going to win that championship, man, and be the Finals MVP. <laughs> what the. <laughs> He's gonna be the finest MVP. Get a load of this. He's guy. gonna he's gonna get something Curry has never gotten in his career. Didn't you just say in the Discord chat that you don't put too much mind into the finals MVP? I catch you every time. I never said that. Yes, you no, did. No, I did not. Yes, you did. You keep you always say I say things when I don't say them. Right, I'm, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get I'm gonna go in the Discord chat and I'm gonna I'm gonna grab I never said the, that. You say you don't put too much in the finals MVPs. No, I said that Harden probably won't win it. But I said KD will win it. I didn't say I didn't put too much stock. KD's in it. gonna win it. I said I think they'll knock Harden for not getting it if KD gets it. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily knock him, but you went there to be a sidekick, or did you go there to you know show that you're? I mean, he's he's one B. What? KD's one A, Harden's one B. Interesting. And in terms of who has the ball all the time, we know who that who that's going to be. But in terms of who's that, who's the guy? We know who's the guy. James Harden in Houston oh was always tired God. late in games. Now that he's not going to be so gassed. Mm-hmm. He's going to take a step up. And mm-hmm. James Harden is going to show you why you fear the beard. Overrated. I don't know. Brooklyn doesn't fear me. I mean, L.A. doesn't fear me. Well, Lakers, not Aldridge. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying Brooklyn. Y'all got to get there. Don't worry about us. Y'all got to get there. Y'all lost y'all the first round. Yeah, without Anthony Davis. And now we got Russ. Y'all got to get there. We got Melo. Hold on. Don't. We're good. Y'all got to get there. We're fine. You're not fine. Who's y'all beating get us? There. Your bum, your bum team. You lost to Phoenix, and Phoenix went to the finals. So then that's why I said, yeah, I got it's Phoenix is still Wait, so around. Hold up, uh, so hold up. Phoenix went to the finals, so uh-huh. Lakers losing against them was cool, but Nets losing cool. against the Bucks I didn't wasn't say it was cool. cool. Even though the Bucks series was 
close as hell. But who said it was cool? The Sun series was not cool. Was was not close. Yeah, no, I agree. But you say, saying you're it's saying close. we're gonna get there. You we are. Phoenix is still we around. Lost our one of our primary pieces. Utah still around. We're good. They just got Rudy Gay. We seen. We know who Utah. What is are Utah? in the playoffs. What are they in the playoffs? Not it. You mean when injured? they're hurt? They're always hurt. They're always hurt. When they blew always. the three one lead, they were hurt. And the Suns who who was out when they missed Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich. He he didn't play. So, he didn't play. I'll give more pass this season than opposed to Bogdanovich because they lost Conley and Donovan Mitchell was banged up. But they lost Conley just like they lost Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich but, took but, LeBron to seven in Indiana. You remember that? <laughs> he was giving LeBron fits. You don't remember that shit? No, Bogdanovich was a huge piece. That was their you say second option. Bogdanovich, not, not PG, right? Not Roy Hibbert. I, that, no, wasn't that, year. that was the year. That was Oladipo year. Played. We didn't go seven against them. Yes, you Oladipo, did. you did. Yes, you, you did. You went seven. With LeBron and the Cavs. 2018? Yes, you did. losing the first round of Oladipo. The bump team. The bump team. The bump team. You're right. You're right. You went seven with Bogdanovich was giving LeBron fits. No, Bogdanovich is a really... He was their second I'm not saying... I'm like It sounds like I'm kind of talking down on him. But we're comparing... Injured Conley and Mitchell to just Bogdanovich. Well, Rubio outplayed. Let's still giving uh, giving teams thirty five. So let's you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. okay, Conley fair enough. was injured, fair enough. but Bog was injured. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And we're talking about playoff Westbrook here. How? Uh, yeah, you got to work. You got to work. You got to fight that and other teams. For real, that's a huge. That's a huge <laughs> fight. Yeah, we'll be okay. No, you have LeBron. You should be. Thanks. I think people are underestimating the Suns this upcoming season because last no, year... everybody's just healthy. We'll moat for the most part. Exactly. Last year, people think they went on a fluke run because teams weren't healthy. And I think because of that, they're starting to get underrated. Well, you call Atlanta's run fluke, fluke but you don't say oh, Phoenix... It definitely was. But you say you don't say Phoenix run is fluke, fluke. And it's really weird to me because exactly Phoenix... Every team Phoenix played, every like every, except for the Bucks, every team they played, a star... Miss significant games. With Denver, I don't think Jamal was going to change it, but he didn't play for the series sweep. With uh, the Lakers, AD missed two games. Well, you game can't 60s. account for LeBron quitting either. I understand that, but they were up 2-1, and AD was leading the charge. LeBron didn't play good the whole series, but AD was dominating them, and he was leading the charge. One game. No, he had 30 back-to-back games. Game two and game three. 34. Back-to-back games. He was leading the charge. And in the LeBron first two wasn't games, and it was cooking him. No, he had 30. First game, game two and game three, AD had 30 twice. Aiden was putting in work, but AD was putting in work too. And then with the Clippers, the claw did not play. And even still, 4-2. So it's like, you're, you're a weird guy, man. No, I, I get it, but then again, they also and faced the, one the Bucks. T- they faced the Bucks in the finals. And they, they lost. Fight. The one healthy team they played, they lost. No, but it wasn't like... It was. A it, was it, it was. It was a. a it was a, like a blowout. Nah. It, it was a great series. It Plus. was one of the better series that I've seen. Even though the Suns blew four straight games, a lot of those games was close, and they went down to the wire. And it was mismanagement. I think late in games. That's fair. I get it, but you said it yourself. Versus Denver, you don't think Jamal Murray would have changed anything. The other two, I though. think Lakers. Yeah, but Lakers are viewed as championship contenders, and even if AD is healthy for that series, that series goes seven, Maybe. six, seven. Maybe. It's still a. It's still it a great went series. Five. We looked I don't, so I don't good, think so. man. I don't think so. After game one, L.A. takes two. A.D. looks great. It, it could have went for I don't think so. LeBron was was hurt on an ankle injury, right? That's the excuse they give him for not playing <laughs> so good. So with that ankle, you never know. It could have went seven. All I'm saying is that people are underestimating Phoenix, mm-hmm. and this offseason they have gotten better. They, they got JaVale McGee, who is a big man they desperately needed because in the playoffs last year, primarily versus the Bucks. When Aiton was not out there, there was nobody to have on 
Giannis. You couldn't put Jalen Smith in there. You had to put Dario Sarge. He got a torn ACL, and there was nobody to put on him. I yeah, think Frank JaVale Kaminsky. McGee. JaVale McGee is a bigger body. Even though he's not a Giannis stopper, he's still a bigger body. They traded for Landry Shaman, which I think was a very good trade, a good good spot of shooter in. Fun fact. How much burn do you think he's going to get, though? I think he's going to get burned. And Monty Williams actually coached him in Philly when he was a rookie. Mm -hmm. And he was very high on him then. And now they're interested in getting Thaddeus Young. And I think Thaddeus Young is a guy who can really put him back in, in that finals contender status because... Thaddeus Young, I think, has, has been one of the more underrated players in the league. He's been in the league for 14 years, mm. and he's been one of the more solid players. He averages every year 12 to 15 points per game this past season. He averaged 12, 6, and 4 assists, 56% from the field, and shot 27% from three, but didn't attempt much. But you look at everywhere he's been. In Philly, he was good. Minnesota, Brooklyn, Indiana, Chicago. He's always been a steady player, and he has that versatility on defense, which can help Phoenix. I think a bench unit of campaign, Shamit, Cam Johnson, Thaddeus Young-McGee is a really good bench unit on top of their already great starting lineup. People are sleeping on Phoenix. You know, what do you think about this acquisition of Thaddeus Young if they do get him? Can I ask a question real quick? It would be a buyout or they have to trade for him? It would have to be a trade. So then what do you think that they would give? Crowder? Based on Crowder was big for them in that postseason run, so I don't. Know. I don't think it'd be Crowder. Based on the Spurs' needs, I think more front court mm-hmm. players. Okay, maybe Jalen Smith can be in the trade. You think just Jalen Smith? Not Jalen Smith. It had to be because I did a trade machine uh, trade. It had to be Jalen Smith and Dario, Dario Sarge, and probably a pick. And if they don't want Sarge because he's coming off a torn ACL, they would probably have to trade Cam Johnson. You would do that over Crowder. I wouldn't trade Cam Johnson, though. I would trade Cam Johnson over Crowder, personally. But Cam Johnson was one of the few guys that really showed out for them in the finals, shooting-wise. That's going to be a tough one. Mm-hmm. Jay Crowder was huge in the finals, no, too. definitely. Definitely. That's gonna. That's a That's a very, very tough one. Cam or Crowder. I feel like I'm going youth, so that's why I'd stay Cam. Cam is also, uh, he has to get extended soon. Okay. That's the tricky one. Okay. Yeah, because based on his contract, this dude does Phoenix want to pay him? Mm-hmm. You know, they have to pay they have to pay Mikel, they have to pay DeAndre Ayton. Eventually they have to pay campaign. Okay, yeah. I mean, they paid him this past offseason, but if he keeps playing how he played last season, they have to pay him even more. Mm-hmm. They have some decisions to make, so Cam Johnson could be the odd man out if they want to win now and we'll go all in now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that is young deal would be huge for them you know you get a jack of all trades a guy who can do literally everything aside from shoot the three ball but he can do everything on the floor he can defend he can you know be your initiator all offense he can rebound he can play at a high level he can score he can put the ball in the basket so I think some a guy like that also bringing in that veteranship that leadership you know he's in Indiana he's made the playoffs Brooklyn he's made the playoffs he's played with vets like Darren Williams KG like he's played with vets in this league so I think you know I don't think he made the playoffs in Brooklyn you know, he didn't? That was when it was bad. Oh, my God. Are you talking about Thaddeus, you're saying? He didn't yeah. make it with D-Will? No. Sure. He was there the year after they all broke up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, he made the playoffs with Indiana. I yeah, know that did. for a fact. And uh, was it with Philly, too? Yeah. Philly, Multiple yeah. times. He did Philly. make the playoffs with Brooklyn, by the way. Oh, told you. Oh, okay. 24-2015. Yeah. yeah. Did they play us that year? Um. Now you're asking me a lot. Let's see. Oh, my God. He averaged 10 in the playoffs. He played. Was that us or Toronto? Let's see. He definitely didn't make the playoffs with Chicago. 
Nah, we didn't make it. Of course, we know that. Yeah, it's we'll make it thing, this year. Common theme for y'all. We've made the playoffs more in our lifetimes than you have. Have y'all made the playoffs more times in the past two seasons than us? No. Atlanta. Are you serious? We played Atlanta. <laughs> Atlanta? Mm-hmm. What the hell was... Uh, I don't remember that. Series was six, and Atlanta beat them. Prior to 61 Atlanta team. Mm, with Millsap. Uh, yeah. Phoenix. I don't... Like, I don't... Mm, it's a tricky one, because where, do where, do where are we putting Phoenix at right now in the West? They're probably a top four team. Top four? But the only teams I put over them, Lakers... Yeah, Lakers. Um, you can hear the pain in his voice. Yeah, yeah, it was much pain when he said, "I'm putting Utah over them." Utah, I have Utah over them. I could see that. I could see that. And I say they're right. They're right in front of the Golden State. I was going to say it's three, four between them. Okay, so Lakers, Utah, Golden State, Phoenix. I think Lakers are one. The the, the rest of the three, I think you can go in either order. For me, it would be Lakers, Utah, Phoenix, Golden State, Denver. No, Portland. No. Yeah, Clippers. No. It'll, I think Phoenix would be right there in that third spot you right now. think Mavs there. have a chance at no, all? No, no, not to be a top 14. You know, okay, so. you don't think Luka can do it? I mean, nah, in, in, terms of, in terms of seeding, yeah, he probably can. That's what I want. That's to what be, like, in the playoffs, if I'm ranking him, nah. Okay, fair enough. I wouldn't. All right. But I think a daddy's young might put them at like two, maybe one. You know, they, they, they can compete with L.A. Yeah, I mean, if, they, if they're going to face playoff Westbrook, then definitely. Yeah, it depends on what they're giving up. You know what I'm saying? Like, if they, I hope they don't give up anything too huge. If it's, either, if it's like you said, either Crowder or Cam Johnson. I wouldn't do it personally. I mean, for Thaddeus Young, they feel like they're in win mode. Chris Paul's there. You have to do whatever you need. You have mm-hmm. to, you mm-hmm. know, utilize what he has left. So, I guess Cam Johnson will probably be the guy you ship out. You try to build up whatever you can. Jay Crowder, mm-hmm. he's there. He's been the back-to-back NBA Finals, so I mean, he has that experience. Even if they do give up Cam Johnson, they still have Shaman and Campaign who can space the floor. True. So that that would be kind of a they are kind of deep at small forward. Mm-hmm. So I understand. Yeah. So it's like you know that would be smooth for them. You know, you bring in Daddy's young. He can start or come up the bench. It doesn't really matter. A, a great graphic that I want to bring up. Players with 800 games to average 13.5 points, about six rebounds, 1.5 steals, shoot 49% from the field and 30% from three. Magic, Larry, Michael jo- uh, Michael Jordan, LeBron, Thaddeus Young. <laughs> you, of course you wanted to bring up that graphic. I mean, it's just so crazy to think about. Like This guy, Thaddeus Young, is actually a solid ball player. Doesn't get the credit he deserves because he's not the flashiest player. He, no, doesn't, he just doesn't play ugly. on teams that win. That's, his game that's is also very, ugly. very true. But at the same time, he obviously has a good amount of talent. You bring him to a, a team that already went to the West, the Western Conference Finals and the Finals. Who knows that if you, like you mentioned, you, you'd probably have to give up Jerry Crowder or Cam Johnson. My first initial thought is I don't want to give up those two guys because of how big of a role they played in their playoff run last season. But you mentioned... They need depth at in their front court. And DeAndre Ayton, as good as he is and as good as he's going to continue to get, he needs he needs protection once he gets off the court. So you bring in a guy like Thaddeus Young to fill an obvious need of theirs. And right now, he could play the four for them for sure. Yeah. I So you put him into the starting lineup to add to, I'm going to assume Jay Crowder's the starter, this, the starting small forward right now. Book, so then I would say, Mikel, you could probably start Thaddeus Young at the four, bring in Jay Crowder off the bench to go with the second unit guys, get them going off the bench. So this move would be really solid for them. I probably would still have them three or four. I still think Utah is a better team than them right now for regular season purposes. I think come playoff time, Sun showed clearly to me that they are what a group that could 
could win games in the playoffs. They're, they're not scared of the moment. They're better than Utah in the I, playoffs? Come playoff time, all hands on deck. I mean, you me, can't say they are and they aren't because. Well, he made it. See, he said. I'm just saying for me, I don't trust. regular season. I mean, okay, let's just, let's just Utah's get Utah's a straight. great regular season team. Let's get something straight. You made it seem like it was all, like. No, I'm just saying come playoff time, I'm not confident The Phoenix Suns, you have knocked their playoff run specifically versus the Clippers because Kawhi was not there. When Kawhi was not there versus the Jazz, the Jazz also folded. When Kawhi was there, they didn't fold. The Jazz didn't fold. It was two two when Kawhi when Kawhi was there. It was two two, and they lost back to back games. They were yeah, up, they were yeah. up sixteen. They were up sixteen. Twenty five. Tw- exact. Excuse me. Something way more egregious, and they lost at home. So, I, like I said, I don't trust Utah come playoff time. Uh, the Suns have earned my respect a little bit. Okay. Ah, that's... they have earned. I mean, since, since last year, since the Chris Paul trade, I thought they were going to be a top team in the West. So, how have they earned your respect if you constantly knocked them for playing? Oh, who says that? You, you, you're the main no. catalyst of that. Uh, huh? LA was injured. No, you, you, huh? the, Lakers, I, no, the Lakers, the Lakers, the Lakers. No, my thing is every I de- time he brings I it up, you, the, the Lakers LeBron. are hurt. I de- AD didn't play. That's what you love to say. Yeah. So okay. how well, how did they earn your respect? They played well against the Nuggets. They dominated them as they should have. Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Against the Clippers. They what? They won in six. 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 Okay, and against Chris Paul had COVID too, and he's coming back from COVID. <laughs> and against against Milwaukee, it was a good series. They lost respectfully. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I'm not saying it was a a fluke. I'm not saying it was a a, a all time great run. I'm just saying they earned respect by the play that they had mm. versus the Clippers. Chris Paul was coming back from COVID. Devin Booker had to wear those goggles, which he wasn't used back to. Mask. He had to wear and the mask, he had, a, I think, he had a shoulder injury too. He was dealing with a shoulder injury. That was Chris Paul. That was Chris. That was Chris Paul. Yeah. Was yeah. Chris. Okay. Chris. I think Devin Booker also had an injury though on top of his eyes. No, his nose. It was his nose. His nose. Was, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, right. His right. Nose. But okay, that was so in, they, that was in the series though. Okay, they had injuries though. They are had, you freaking? They, they are you really about to use that they, one? No, I'm saying they had adversity. You make it they sound like it, they didn't have anything. Agreed. to do. Oh, that's, it's, I'm just, it's it's fair to say because against the Lakers, CP3 hurt his shoulder. That's when I thought we were going to take advantage. Then AD goes out. Yeah, Phoenix had adversity. They did. They did. They did not. Come on. What the hell are you talking Phoenix about? Phoenix had advert. A broken nose is adversity. Chris Paul How is almost, it not? dude. Chris Paul. Chris Paul's a val- I'm not saying anything about it. Chris Paul. That's he it. keeps talking about this if broken somebody, nose. If somebody broke your nose on a podcast right now, would it be easier to do the podcast? But after the broken but, nose, he, on, his bro. shooting efficiency was not the same. Okay. And you attribute that to Patrick Beverly, but it could have just been debooked. You also attribute it to Patrick Beverly. I never attributed it. I did it last episode. You can give credit to Patrick Beverly for what he did, but you can't say it was solely Pat Bev doing his thing. There's other factors that went into that. So you're saying the broken nose? Like playing with the broken nose is easy. It's not not easy, but I'm saying let's... People have done it and played well. Yeah, that's what what I'm saying. Like, it's like we, we... don't don't. It's funny to me because people love to call this guy the next Kobe and this, that, and the third. But now we're oh, the sitting, second they did that, the second of started, Kobe. But now since he had a broken nose, it. we're like, oh man, give you know adversity. Yeah, give this guy. You know, he, he had a broken nose. This that we call this guy the next Kobe. Well, we That's just, what we do. All we mention is that the Suns had adversity to deal with, and did they or did they not? They did. I don't know about. They probably had the Compared least adversity to, right. in the playoffs. Yes, but they still had adversity, which is ultimately. What I just we're don't saying. like how you guys are saying Phoenix had adversity, but you're not saying Utah didn't have adversity. They did. They literally were missing their point but guard. That's that's basketball as a how whole. much adversity did they be. have to deal with though? Because Don, in the first, no, in they the had first a round, they, in the in the first round, they dominated Memphis. Don Mike Conley missed the game. 
Okay, yeah, game one, but Mike Conley was there for the entire series. And then he was out when they needed him okay, the most. Okay, but in the second round, that's one series of adversity. That's, that matters, though, because that's the series they got bounced in. Another reason I don't give Utah the benefit of the doubt is because Kawhi went down. So automatically— But you, you, said, you said what team had more adversity— in the first round, Chris Paul got a shoulder injury, no, and said, then no, no, he got no, no. COVID said, against. Bro, said, that was a Suns team who, even when Chris Paul was out, was a young team, first time in the playoffs for a lot of the players, putting up a fight against the defending champions. Yeah. Said, even when first, AD was on the court, the Suns were neck and neck with them in terms of keeping up with the game. First of all, I said neck and neck. Yeah, neck and neck was crazy. No, I, they were. Nah, they, nah. No, it was every like single time LA made a run, they made well, a run right First back. of all, I, two, games all, two and three wasn't. A, it yeah, wasn't yeah. okay. Hold on, you guys. Are, I said. I said. You guys are making it seem like Phoenix was the only team. Utah didn't have adversity just like Phoenix. That's all I said. I didn't say. You never that, said that. You no, said I did Utah say that. had more adversity. No, I said Utah had adversity just like Phoenix. I act like Which they is, didn't. No, they did. Because the series, when they played, when they needed Mike Conley the said, most. But I also, I also disagree say. with that. With more, I agree with more to say that they. But you think Utah had more adversity than Phoenix? I do think so. Because Donovan, Donovan Mitchell is their best player by far. He got hurt. Mike Conley was a huge role player for not a role player, obviously had a huge role for Utah to be the number one seat to take that next leap, and he was out when you needed him. And hit the game that he returned, he was a shell of himself. So I mean, it's, oh, Phoenix shoulder injury to Chris Paul in the first round. He played, though. but in your opinion, who's who? He means, did a third. I'm talking about in the your third opinion, round. who means more to their team? As much as CP3 means to the Suns, Donovan Mitchell or CP3? Who means more? Oh, Donovan. Donovan, but then you you talk about Conley being hurt. But there's two of their stars now. Okay, but then in WCF versus the Clippers, Chris Paul out game one mm-hmm. and campaign drops 30. Nope. Uh, see, but now this is where I'm starting to lean him. That's I adversity. Agree. Now, we Chris agree. Paul, we, then D book being hurt. No, but I'm not, and I'm not saying they didn't have adversity. I'm not saying that. They 100% did have adversity. But did the Jazz have more? I think so. The Jazz had Conley injured for that series only. That Matt, they and it, lost. And, it, and they Chris lost. Chris Paul was was coming. And they from, won. Was Chris Paul was coming back from COVID uh-huh. in the WCF and had a shoulder injury in that first round against the defending NBA champions. Oh, you talk about the LA. You talk about the Lakers. No, but yeah. COVID was after. No, I'm talking about the shoulder injury. The shoulder the injury Lakers. was with us. Yeah. So if we just stack it, like, okay, let's just stack it, right? Utah. Donovan Mitchell ankle injury, Mike Conley missing the first five games because he played in game six. He just didn't play well. But then a hamstring injury. So that's You even said in the hamstring is very hard to play on. No, of course. He had he had the exact same grade as Harden no, he, as no, well. He, didn't. he had a two. He had a grade two? He had a two. But was he playing through a grade two? He played that last game with a grade two. He wasn't two. supposed to be in game six. Okay, I believe you guys, but I'm going to fact check that later. I'll, so you then can, you don't you believe go, I got it. <laughs> I believe you guys at the moment until oh, okay. I see information that proves you guys otherwise. Uh, that proves me otherwise. <laughs> so, and then okay, that's two. That's two adversities for the Jazz. Major. You look at the Suns. Chris Paul shoulder injury. That's one adversity. Mm. Chris Paul COVID. That's two adversities. Devin Booker broken nose. That's three adversities. So if we just we're stack not really, it, we're not. No, if we're just stack it, it's it, the Suns had more adversity. A broken nose, bro. Really? How is that not adversity? You keep acting like it's not adversity. It's just not a. It's just it not to the lower, like your face. You're comparing compared a broken to nose to a hamstring like injury. You, you can't even do that. Or an ankle injury. What about Chris Paul's shoulder? That's that. I'm and giving that's you that. I, I didn't say anything about Chris Paul, but you're comparing a broken nose to a hamstring injury. So, Chris Paul's shoulder, hamstring injury, Valid. cancel out. Yeah. Then Donovan Mitchell's ankle. COVID. Chris Paul COVID that cancels out. That, but that yeah, so it's like so now 
what's left standing? The Devin Booker which he played with, injury, which he played. Okay, with. but that's that's still tough to play on. I mean, he wasn't. You don't think the he feels the pain while he's dribbling, <laughs> shooting of a broken nose? And Chris Paul also, how many games did he miss with COVID? He didn't it miss, was, they had a break because they swept Denver, so they yeah, had a huge break. He played, but he, he did it. He missed, he missed game, game one. one. That was pretty yeah. much it. Okay, but Conley missed game five. five. So he missed I don't, five games. The canceling out. I don't know. Yeah, Conley missed five games, but at the same time, like he mentioned, Utah won both of those first two games and then blew four straight. So even without Conley, like they were winning those games. Mm. And even if you like game six, Conley was not good. Oh, either. listen, and I'm not saying you're wrong because my initial statement was. Well, I mean, being up 2 0 means nothing. What we against see, the Clippers, I'm just saying who had. We got so many arguments here. We said who reached more, who well, had even, more adversity, even your who had Brooklyn less Nets adversity. Were up 2-0. With okay, Katie and Kyrie. I get it. Yeah. And then I they get blew it. it. Yeah. I get it. So it's like, especially in this playoffs, what we just seen 2 0 don't really. It don't but really the Nets also not having Kyrie, James Harden getting hurt. Well, Kyrie played. For example, played. let me just counter your argument. Well, Phoenix, okay, I'm going to just say this. Phoenix was up 2 0 in Milwaukee. Let me counter your argument making using another example. Yeah. Brooklyn. Right. This is, base, this is solely off of what you think. Mm-hmm. I'm not chiming in. Brooklyn. They mm-hmm. had adversity, right? Getting yeah, hurt in the second round. Definitely. What team had more adversity? Than Brooklyn. Brooklyn or Atlanta? Brooklyn. Brooklyn. You think Brooklyn had it? Even though Atlanta came back from multiple combat, multiple like leads. Yeah, I think Brooklyn round, had it because they inju- lost injuries I feel and like injuries, like game and, injuries and being an underdog. Yeah, it's two different things. I agree. I think because. Harden going down and then having to come back playing off a of grade two and then but Kyrie it, going down. So you're not you're not saying that Atlanta had more adversity because they were an underdog. You're yes. saying because but Phoenix was not an underdog in any other series. No, outside of LA, the Lakers. Yeah, yeah, of course. Outside of the Lakers, they were favored against Denver. So they, they were, were favored and they still dealt with stuff. So that's added on. Yeah, so. I, I get what you're saying. I just don't. I mean, you you just my only argument is that my only problem with what you said is that. Utah had more adversity than Phoenix. If I did say that, I didn't mean to say that. I want. I'll I, be honest. It's not like you're saying anything terrible. But I didn't wrong. mean to say that. I'm saying Utah. Let's not act like Utah didn't also have adversity because mm-hmm. Utah had Phoenix was the There's only. There's no t- argument there. Yeah, Phoenix. Had was, yeah, Phoenix exactly. was the only team that didn't miss a star for a playoff series in the West. You're saying, say that one more time, Phoenix is the only, only team, team in the Jamal West Murray. that didn't miss a star Denver, for a series. Jamal Murray. They, they missed Jamal Murray. That's what he's saying. That's what I'm saying. Denver okay. missed a star. He's wording it, and he's saying that they're the only team that every single series they had, they, they had their They had their guys. Clippers didn't have Kawhi. L.A. didn't have A.D. Utah and, didn't have Conley. For an Suns, entire series, no, though. I was going to say. The, for the bulk the, of it? And the, for, and the one time that they played a fully healthy team, they lost in the Milwaukee, is what he's saying. I still have them as a top fourteen. I gave them their credit when they went to the finals. I was like, you know, shout out to them. They proved me wrong. I was I was bombing them last year. But you year. trust the Jazz over the the Suns right now? That because that's the initial statement that I have trouble. The with. The only reason why I wouldn't is because of health. So okay, so that's why you lean Suns. Yeah, no, I had Utah too. So I'm saying, come playoff time, Suns I, or Utah. It's early, so I mean. I mean, I got. I, I wish I can say no. Uh, bearing any injuries, uh, bearing any injuries, I trust in Donovan Mitchell and what he does in the playoffs more than Denver. Okay, I mean oh, more than more than Phoenix, pardon, because okay. we've seen Donovan 
do some magical things. So I trust him and his team more. Okay. Barring. Thank you. Barring. Barring. It's all right. Tomato. Close enough. Yeah. Uh, It is boring, though. Yeah, it is. I'm going to be the grammar police here. Thank you. On to the next topic since we got sidetracked. For real. Ben Simmons. The drama about Ben Simmons (laughs) is still going on. It feels like it's the hottest topic in basketball outside of the Nets building a complete superpower. Ben Simmons, right? The Kings are interested in in trading for him. Last episode, we, we had a segment on Simmons on the Timberwolves and the Raptors maybe trading for him. But the Kings are in that discussion. We mentioned them briefly. Yeah. But they came out and they said, we are not willing to add De'Aaron Fox or Tyrese Those Halliburton in nuts. a Ben Simmons deal. Mm-hmm. De'Aaron Fox, I think we can all agree here that we agree with. Definitely. But do you think that Tyrese should be untouchable if they're trying to trade for Ben? Do you think they are right in making Tyrese untouchable? Yes. Yeah, like I don't, I don't when, like I remember when you even said it too. You was like, "Oh, I, I don't think Halle Burton should be untouched." But I was like, "Bro, like for Ben Simmons, like based off where he is right now, at the lowest of the lows, the fact that he hasn't improved in his game in three, four seasons, he even had a year off when he first came in to be better than the guys he came playing with." I don't think, and the way we see Halle Burton play, you know, he's a guy who. Is, is a little bit of a do-it-all point guard or two-guard, wherever you want to slot him. He can play make. He can shoot the ball. He can, you know, go to the basket. He's a solid defender all on ball and off ball, and he's pretty – he's clutch. It, this is rookie year. I think with the fact that Sacramento, you know, the culture they're already in, you know, with the way their culture is being run, the fact that they have Luke Wallen and De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton, you don't want to lose that backcourt that you already have. And I think Ben Simmons in the position he's at, I don't think he's really – at the at the, I'm not saying Halliburton is better than Ben Simmons. Of course, not. I'm not saying that. But at the position he's at, why well, bring in a 28 plus million dollar guy who seems to not want to get better, seems to be a diva, be Hollywood. He doesn't improve, want to improve on his game. Why bring in that when you have a guy on a rookie deal who looks like he's going to be a really, really good high ceiling? I would say like an all star in this league, a low end all star. Okay. He wow. seems to really want to work on his game and want to be in Sacramento. Why trade that for somebody who's just a diva? I wouldn't do it. So defense-wise, it's not close. Obviously, I'm going Ben. He's the way better <laughs> defender, <laughs> obviously. You, I'm sorry. He's, de- defense is obviously Ben's speci- specialty. Is it? Come on, stop it. We know stop it, it is. Stop <laughs> it. So to say untouchable is a little bit strong for me because obviously the hole in Ben Simmons' game is one of the biggest – needs in basketball for a player to have and that's offense and that's a glaring glaring need of his but passing the ball rebounding the ball he's obviously going to give better he's going to have better numbers than what Tyrese Halliburton is but one reason that I kind of have a little bit of a pushback on that is that Tyrese Halliburton is pretty effective scoring the basketball he's a very good free throw shooter Ben Simmons is definitely not a good free throw shooter. He's a good three point shooter. Ben Simmons is not a good free throw shooter. Field goal percentage is solid. He's a very he had a very efficient season. He's for a his better offensive season. player than he is. But to to say he's untouchable is a little bit too strong for me. I feel like obviously Ben's more athletic. Ben has more. Uh, he's a bigger sized dude than than what Tyrese Halliburton is. The only reason why the Kings don't want to trade him is because. He's so efficient, and his offensive game, you're right, he has a high ceiling. But even in Ben's worst season, he averaged more points than what Tyrese Halliburton did this season. 
as a rookie. And listen, it was impressive. <laughs> but as a rookie, Ben Simmons averaged 15.8. And and that's more than what Tyrese Halliburton did. After but the, but after you're the sit-out year. And, and I will give you – I mean, he didn't play. He was hurt. Yeah. He wasn't really hurt. <laughs> of course he, he was. Yeah. He – they re-classed. sat him out the entire year. Re-classed. But I don't, I don't blame them. You'd rather be safe than sorry. Safe. Would you agree? I mean, he was okay. your first overall pick. He reclassed. People reclass all the time, too. Only Philly guys. You know what? <laughs> Only Philly That's a good guys. argument there. But if you're going to pair Tyrese Halliburton with, clearly, if they seem he's untouchable, then you're not going to pair him with a buddy healed and get him in a deal for Ben Simmons. That's not going to happen. But I wouldn't, if I'm the Kings and... The Sixers are asking for Tyrese Halliburton and, and a bunch of picks. To say he's un, that's a, like an unthinkable trade to do is a little extreme for me. I agree with you. I agree with uh, Ben Simmons' lover right here, Andrew. <laughs> this is what I'm going to say. You know, when we talk about Tyrese Halliburton versus Ben Simmons, I don't know why he's untouchable because I think the one thing the Kings lack is defense. They mm. need defense. And Ben Simmons was came in second place in the DPOI running. Many people thought he should have won it over Rudy Gobert. And you have Ben Simmons with Buddy Heald, with De'Aaron Fox, with Harrison Barnes. I think that's enough spacing. There is a stat out there that says that over the last couple of seasons, Ben Simmons has been first in assisted three-point shots, which means that he's he's a great playmaker, right? He's a great playmaker. I think he's a better one than Tyrese Halliburton. Right now, Halley is in between being a point guard and being a shooting guard. We know that he's never going to be the starter at point guard unless they trade Fox. And until Heald goes, he probably won't start at shooting guard unless they bench Heald. And then I think Heald is going to want out because I think he is a starter in this league. That's why I don't think Tyree should be untouchable. I think he, he had a great rookie season. But if I'm projecting who I think Tyrese is going to be, long term and who I see him becoming I see him being a similar player to Malcolm Brogdon truthfully do I see him being a a superstar I don't do I see him being an all-star I could see it but like you said a low-level all-star Malcolm Brogdon this year average like 21 and 8 do I think Halley can do that I absolutely do and right now we saw Indiana try to trade Malcolm Brogdon and a first round pick for Ben Simmons so for me, this is like saying, would you trade Malcolm Brogdon for Ben Simmons? Well, I think I would. Malcolm Brogdon is 27, 28. <sighs> Halle Burns 20 years old. So there's that. And number But Halle Burns didn't average 21 and 8. Well, he played one year. So let's No, no I know. I'm just saying, but I'm just saying. Well, who who do you think Halle Burns is his ceiling? No, I I agree. We 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 have the same. Not I wouldn't say Brogdon, but we have the same low end all-star, you know, I I don't know like So comparing to a player. Would he ever reach Mike Conley? Well, yeah, I think he can. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. But there's nothing wrong with that. No, at all. Um, but I think, you know, depending on the situation, you tra- you trade Mike Conley for Ben, too. I think, in, well, Mike Conley was a steady point guard for, con- you know, a contending WCF team. So I think um, Halle Burns' ceiling is probably like, do we think he's is better? Conley too Do we think fetched? he can be better than Kyle Lowry? I think he can be similar in that tier. I think he can be similar. Is, but is, is, we, can we all agree that we think Kyle Lowry at this point is the better player over Ben Simmons? Yeah, he's also 35. That's That makes it even but worse for Ben. When, when do you think Halley can be that? I don't that, know though. if Kyle Lowry, you can definitively say he's better than Ben. 
You can't. It's it's I'm on situation. Asked, I asked you guys. It's on no, situation. You can't def- it, definitively it depends on say a, it. on a situation. For example, for the Clippers, honestly, for the Clippers, if, if I'm the Clippers, I'd probably take Ben over Lowry. If I'm the Clippers, well, because they have a hell of spacing, but they. So, I know, but if you let's just say so you're building, if you're building a franchise, wait, wait, stop. No, you wouldn't. I wouldn't say Philly has hella space. No, I'm, wait. Why would you take Ben on the Clippers if they already have Paul George, Kawhi, and they don't have a point because guard? Because Ben Simmons exactly. is the point exactly. guard. Exactly. That's and exactly And now you have it. three all-world defenders. And it's like they got Rondo, and they thought that they were completely changing the game. You get someone like Ben Simmons who— Let's is, act like Kyle, Kyle Lowry's the same age as Ben Simmons. Are you taking Lowry to build a franchise around over Ben? You're not. Taking he's Lowry, not. You're not taking you're Lowry not. over him. Who's taking Ben right now to build a franchise over we're not. We're not saying that. We're just saying that between Ben and Lowry, I think they're in the, the same, same boat. Age, you're not taking either guy right now. But if you had to pick one, we're just let's say say you're an expansion team and mm-hmm. those players are unprotected, and you have to pick one of them to draft. You're taking Ben. Taking the six. With, okay, this is what. This is why you're taking this, a six ten point this is, guard. Exactly. This is why I I don't fully agree because you already know his work ethic. You already know what he's been doing. You don't take the guy who hasn't proven he's going to get better. Mike, hold on. Let, nah, nah, hold on. No, 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 no. I let you I talk. Gotta, I, I got to speak. Let him finish. Because let, him finish. let, let him finish. Because we watched Kyle Lowry. Not saying, and this, I'm not saying, but we've watched Kyle Lowry throughout his career be from bench player to role player to starter to good starter to perennial all-star to a 20 points. We watched the improvement. You used to clown year, Lowry. But we've watched the improvement from year in, year in. We've but seen him improve. how many years did it take him? It's, it, no, but, it's four years with listen, Philly and listen, we're automatically we've counting him out? We've seen improvement. We, we've seen improvement. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, however long it took, we've seen the improvement. Ben Simmons, it's he's 25 if I'm not mistaken. It's been four years. Offensively, say that. Defense, let's be honest, bro. He hasn't been the same defender... Bro, Easy. he hasn't gotten better as a defender each year. Yes, he has. You he think so? A- he absolutely has. You think so? Yes, absolutely so? has. And are you holding Trey Young cooking him against him? I didn't even bring I'm, that I'm up. Asking, I didn't say, any, I didn't asking, say anything about that. that has to be why you're— This not- is why I think—you know, this is the thing. This is why I have problems with uh, people that take too much into account, like, these performances, these bad performances, because Ben Simmons, did he have a bad performance in playoffs? Why yes. do you sound like me right now? Is this his first one? No. It's not. But this is what I got to say, man. Like, he's still a I great player. I wasn't hearing this a month great? ago. Yes, he's a great he player. Is. He is. That's a great he stretch. He still adds a lot a really of good value player. to it's his a really good player. Right. Is, he, really good is player. he not a is top not 35 elite? player in the league? I can name 35 players better than Ben Simmons. I swear to God in my life, I can name 35. <laughs> no, there's, you cannot. There's like tw- he's not even the top 10 at his position. He's not Wait, what position are you you're categorizing as a point guard? Yes, he's not top ten at his position, the most stacked position in the league. He's not. He, yo, it might be fifteen point guards better than him. It might. It might be depending on what and you're, you're taking talking Kyle about. Kyle Lowry. You think Kyle Lowry's top ten point guard in the league? No, it's definitely not. There's definitely not fifteen point guards better than Ben, bro. Oh my god, there's not. And let th- me ask you a question, mm-hmm. real quick. Let me ask because mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you. A, I wanted to ask you this question before before I lose it. You guys said Ben Simmons was second in DPOI, right, uh, this year. He was um, second in DPOI. Philly anchored one of the best defenses in the league, if I'm not mistaken. It was definitely top seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So let me ask you a question. If you trade Ben, because Sacramento's in need of defense, if you trade Ben to Sacramento, do you think his defense would translate over? Because we've seen Ben Simmons in Philly, but look at the defenders around him. You know, Matisse, Danny Green, who's a, a okay defender, Embiid, who's the backbone of the defense, obviously. Do you think it'll adjust 
and he'll you know it'll kind of digress because of regress, regress. regress. Because okay. good job it'll kind of regress because <laughs> of um the fact that Sacramento doesn't have an Embiid as a backbone or a Matisse Thybulle or they a do have or Sean Holmes is not Embiid but yeah. he is a good defender. <clears throat> the Kings were one of the worst defenses in the league last year. Yeah. If Ben Simmons is on Sacramento, they become a top eighteen defense in the league. That's tough. All right, I'm telling you right now, Ben is top ten. I'm telling you right now, he is. So, obvious ones ahead of him. Steph, you have Chris Paul, probably. Trey Young, uh, Damian Lillard, Kyrie. Is Kyrie a point guard? Or no, we'll just say? You can put him in because if it's not Kyrie, it's Harden. Okay, so regardless, sure. John Morant. I think John Murray is better than Ben. That's close. I think You didn't say Luca. Luca's a point guard. Okay, I'll give you Luca. I'd rather give Luca over John Moran right now. I feel so like that's, that's in question. That's in, both are better. So that's seven. Drew Holiday. Yes. Okay. Eight. De'Aaron Fox. Nine. Now, this is where it gets tricky. So this is it's Ben Lamello. <laughs> and then I mean, that's close. If we're going by is, ceiling. Ceiling? No, I'm Lamello. with you. Yeah. But right now I feel like I'm right now. Right now. Future, I'm I'm going LaMelo. I'm not I'm not Wait, dumb. Russell Westbrook and Ben Simmons. I'm going I'm going You're going what? Westbrook is better. I'm going Westbrook. That's ten point guards. Yeah. Like I said, that's ten already. Yeah, but no, but it'd no. be nine ten. It's nine ten. So the two available slots. No. Nine it's nine ten said, eleven between the three. You said Steph, you said Trey, you mm-hmm. said we said Ja, mm-hmm. you said Kyrie, we said Luca. That's mm-hmm. five. Okay. We said Dame. We said um who else? Damn, I forgot already. Chris Paul. Chris Paul, eight. Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday, nine. And who was We didn't say nine? Did we name all these guys? Did we say... Uh, Westbrook, nine. If you want to put Shea as a point guard, he's there, too. I'm going to take Ben over Shea. I'm done. What the hell? I'm done with this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> come on. He you is. see what I'm talking about, bro? Shai's done nothing to, of winning nah, sorts. Like, he's got good numbers, sure. But of winning, winner? They made the playoffs with CP3, bro. Yeah, when with CP three, who is an actual top five point guard, Shea averaged eighteen in that series. He had a. Good they were team. sixteen and nineteen when he played, and they really, they really weren't supposed and to be sixteen and nineteen. Let's be honest. Say that one more time. They were sixteen and nineteen oh, when he played. Saying, okay, the, the so Thunder. wait, Shea doesn't get any. Wait, hold up. No. First of all, Shea sophomore season in OKC, mm-hmm. the best player is Chris Paul. They make the playoffs. Shea is the second best player on that team, undoubtedly. Yep. Mm-hmm. What is Ben to Philly? The second best player on her uh, team. Wait, so, that's a debatable. Because Tobias, yeah. I get it. So Ben is the second or third best ben player ben on the team. Right now, no. Oh my God. <laughs> so Drew, what you're telling me is that Shea gets no credit for OKC no, no, making no, the playoffs, no, but Ben that. gets credit. I'm not, I'm not saying that at all. Ben gets credit for playing winning basketball, but Shea doesn't, even though in the second year he was the second best player on a playoff team. And in his rookie season, he was a huge part as a rookie to that Clippers team. Mm-hmm. That shocked the world and made the playoffs too. So then, in a chance to prove that he's actually like that, and as the he best player on a team, he had, when he was healthy, they were sixteen and nineteen, and they but were six and thirty. Is that, again, they were is that six, a winning record? They were six and thirty-one without him. Yeah, they're not a good in the team West. overall. Sixteen yeah, and nineteen, but 16 in the and 19 West. with them. Yeah, they're very competitive. But sixteen and nineteen, st- you trade both of them out. What were they going to be with Ben Simmons? Well, back back to my argument with Ben with Embiid out and Ben Simmons being the leader on that team. They were at five hundred at least. No, they were not five hundred at all. They had a losing record actually. They were like nine and eleven, right? Nine and eleven, yeah. Okay. Or it was ten and twelve. Something, one of those. Yeah, let's see. They were two games. They were. I know they were like two, three games under five hundred, which is yeah. hilarious because so was shy. But you know, whatever. <laughs> and Philly has a better roster. Yeah, all so it's like crazy to me how you just like tried to flip that. I can't believe you just said Ben is better. Yeah, than Yeah, he's Shea. not better than Shea. That's ten. And oh, Fox was it. 11. I said Fox. No, I did the list over. Fox is 11. 
It's 11. I told you we might be able to name 15. Since the Kings don't want to make Tyrese available, do you think they trade? They take a trade with Buddy Heald and Davion Mitchell? Because, for example, the Wolves want to trade for Ben, but I don't think D'Lo is going to be in the deal. Mm-hmm. That means the deal has to be centered around Malik Beasley. If you're going to get Malik Beasley, you might as well just get Buddy Heald because I think Heald is better. And Mitchell because you can't get Pat Bev. No, Don, Davion Mitchell and Buddy Heald is you're getting the defense aspect of the two. You're getting the three-point shooting, which essentially is what Philadelphia needs. You're still getting the replacement point guard in Davion Mitchell. Davion Mitchell's got his ways to go offensively, but he still has an offensive game. He's got a decent jump shot to him. I think he still needs to be more consistent in that aspect. But for overall packages of, of like what the Sixers need right now, that Davion Buddy Heald sounds perfect to me. If I'm Philly, I'm trying to get Marvin Bagley. Really? Yeah. The, the pair with Embiid? And Drummond's there? Well, who cares about Drummond? <laughs> we know he's a, he's a rental for one year. Why at would least. you? Why, talk to me about that. Elaborate on that. I just think that Marvin Bagley still has a lot of untapped potential. I you agree. think he'll get it in Philly? I don't know if he'll get it in Philly, but I think like Evan, he has an Evan Mobley like play style. Mm. Not on defense, but on yeah. offense. Definitely does an inside out game. His rookie season was his best year. When Luke Walton got there, his development was completely struck. Kind of like Jim Boylan with Laurie Markkinen. I think in Philly, playing with Embiid can help him a lot. And right now, they kind of need a four. Like, if they mm-hmm. want to go back to old school, having a tall lineup, you could have Embiid, Bagley, Harris at the three, Seth or Green at the two, and then Davion at the one if they do get Davion yeah. from the Kings. I just think Marvin Bagley could revive his career. You're saying it, Bagley over I didn't mean to interrupt you, but. Uh, if I'm Philly, I'm trying to milk. Heald, I get all three. Mitchell I would say all then because then because if you're not giving over. me Tyrese, you you have to give me a guy who has a lot of potential. And I think Philly, the thing about Philly is that what they don't want to be is stuck. If they go out and they get a player like CJ McCollum for for Ben, for example, now you have a time period where you can win with Embiid. Mm-hmm. But if you get Bagley, now you have youth. Right now, if they trade Ben Simmons, they won't have a lot of youth that has star potential. Davion Mitchell, I like him, but he's twenty. He's going to be twenty three by yeah. the time the season starts. He's not going to be a star. He's going to be a solid player in the NBA. But it, and if you're trading Ben, you can't just have that, even if it's with For Buddy sure. Heald, because we know Buddy Heald has a tendency to, to be disappear. a diva, to to want to get more shots, to call out the coach, all this other stuff. So. I'm going to try to get Marvin Bagley and see if he can become a star with Philly. Mm. That's what I try to do. Picks need to be involved, in my opinion, too, but that's definitely a good starting point. I feel like they just... I think picks for Philly. Yeah. If, if, yeah. Yeah, if, for sure. If I'm tra- if I'm the Kings and I'm trading Bagley, Heald, and Davion, you know... Be bending a couple of them things. I don't know. Because if Heald is my... If Heald is leaving, that means Fox, Hallie are my starting one and two. Ben is my starting four. Rashawn Holmes, five. And Harrison Barnes at the three. I think that's solid. It's it is, roster. but the, even though the bench takes a huge hit. That's a well, fact. Barnes is on the bench. No, Unless Barnes, you should be one of the starters. No, Barnes, mm-hmm. is, Barnes is a starter right now. Oh, man. Well, If I you mean, trade Bagley. You start somewhere. You know, you got to start somewhere. But, I, you know. That's <sighs> why if you can if you can trade Tyrese, you can still have Ben and Heald and Davion and maybe Bagley still in that's, that depth. Oh, damn. I don't know, bro. Ben is a weird guy, man. He said he wants to play in L.A. He says he wants to play in Cali. Three Cali teams. It's four, actually. Well, he said he wants to play in one of the three Cali teams of his choice. So what was his guessing It's the, L.A., L.A., Golden State. I'm guessing. It's not the Lakers. I think it's Sacramento, actually. I think it's Sacramento, Golden State. He said State. he actually does want to go to Minnesota. 
Okay. I think it's Sacramento, Golden, Golden State. State, and the Clippers. Has to be. Then you said the three. Cali, 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 teams. Cali. There's four Cali teams. I know. But, but that, he said he wants to go to one of one of his three Cali teams. Oh, he's, uh, he's yeah. eyeing three Cali teams. Okay. I don't think the Lakers I he's think eyeing. he really wants to go to Golden State. That would be the best for him. But Draymond just means so much to that team. And I was I think having, they can give Ben up. They can give they can get Ben without giving Draymond up. Yeah, but then it makes no sense to have Draymond and Ben. Offensively, yeah, doesn't. Defensively, would, defensively, that would be a problem. I was having this discussion with my cousin because um, we were talking about expectations on athletes and, and players in the NBA. For example, I, I gave him this question. I said, okay, when you're drafted with the first overall pick, there's a different set of expectations that come with your career. Okay, For better. example, if I'm drafting a first overall pick, I'm expecting him to be a franchise changer. So even though a number one overall pick can have a great career, it can still be disappointing Disappointing for a number one overall pick. So I'm going to name a name for you guys right now. Do you think John Wall's career has been disappointing? Number one overall pick, Washington, has his career been a disappointment? Yes. I guess to a degree, yes, but... Injuries and expectations, but in a small market, kind of ruins him. And that's what, I, that's what I mean, right? Even though he's had a great career, multiple-time All-Star... Defensive teams. I think he led the league in assist a few times. Yeah, you know, he's had a great career, but we still view his career as a disappointment. So when we look at Ben, if Ben was a was the 15th overall pick or even like the 7th or 10th pick in the draft, we don't care much about him being this player, a utility player who is great defensively and is like kind of is a glue guy. Come on, nah, nah, come on. No, you said utility, so I was just I'm thinking. just saying like a Dray. I think he's more he's a better Draymond. At least skill set wise, he is a better Draymond. Yeah. But in terms of off off the court stuff, you know Draymond, and on the court stuff, his leadership is different. If Ben is not the number one overall pick, we're not chastising him like this. The only reason why we are criticizing him so harshly is because he did have the expectations of being the next LeBron. Yeah, added on to that, you know, like and this is a great point that you brought up, John Wall. Both guys were highly, highly ranked. You know, they had great expectations coming out of high school. You know, Ben Simmons went to Mount Verde. They won a chip. You know, he went to LSU. He's putting up historic numbers, even though they wasn't winning there. Mm-hmm. Same with John Wall. He went to Kentucky. They won. So it's like the expectations on top of being the number one pick, you know, coming out of high school, college, the media has definitely uplifted these guys even before they get drafted. So that's another thing, too. For example, I'm going to name you guys notable number one overall picks. Let me know if you guys think their career was, was a disappointment or not. Kenyon Martin. I'm not even going to acknowledge that. <laughs> Yao Ming. No. Injuries, yes. But I wouldn't say disappointing. Injuries did it. LeBron James. Hell no. Disappointment. <laughs> so he exceeded all expectations. Yeah, you know that. Are you kidding me? Then Dwight Howard. Exceeded expectations. No doubt. Yeah, number one overall pick. He lived up to it. Now let's go on to Derrick Rose. 50-50. I think that he he lived up to... to he got an MVP. I'll give it to him. I'm not going to knock him because he tore his ACL twice. 50-50. Blake Griffin. No. Lived up to it. No. A little bit right below it. Just a little bit below fact, it. He was so close. If he would have stuck it out in in L.A. with CP3, the, with Lob City, and they you know didn't choke it up in the Western Conference Finals, or they didn't make the Western Conference Finals, the the Western Semi-Conference Finals, maybe I'd give him the, some, some credit, but Western no. Semi-Finals, that's all it's called. Got you. James Harden and Steph Curry were, that, were in that same draft. They should have been one and two. How about Steph Kyrie one. Irving? Exceeded. Lived up, not exceeded. Exceed won a shit. championship. So? And he was amazing. 
Oh my god, I hate you. God, he he's living up to it. He didn't exceed nothing. Okay. I'll I can reason with you there. Yeah. Anthony Davis. Oh. <laughs> lived up, lived up. exceeded. Yeah. Andrew Wiggins. He, what was that sound? I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't call him a bust, but he's definitely a better thing than Kevin Kenyon Martin. Yeah, for sure, I guess. Yeah, so. But like it's not sin. Kenyon Martin was an all star. Damn, never mind. I was gonna say one time all star. Oh, Bro. didn't live up to it though. Look at Wiggins. High okay, now here here are two tough ones. Actually, three tough ones. So former number one overall picks drafted in the last six seasons, basically. Were these guys disappointments? Did they live up to it did or did they the, exceed? No, Anthony not yet. Bennett? Not yet. Oh, yeah. No, I, I don't want to name him because we know. Oh, good. Okay. Carl Anthony Towns. That's similar to John Wall, in my opinion. Similar to Blake Griffin. You think so? Really? Blake. Blake Made the playoffs. Well, what I mean by I'm talking about just individually, like the stats. He's kind of similar to Blake. Who would you take? I would take Blake. Wow. Yeah, I would take Blake. Okay. But I think Cat has the numbers. He just doesn't have the other stuff. Now, hold up. So if we if Lob City Clippers are forming right now, you're taking Blake over Cat, mm-hmm. giving Cat skill set. Yeah. I think I think Cat is Kat. more talented overall. I I just liked Blake for that team. I, I think I would take Blake. Ben Simmons. <laughs> Not living up to expectations. Yeah. DeAndre Ian. That could it end up can't, can't answer that yet. It could end up similar. That's the one I was thinking while you were talking about John Wall. That yeah. it's possible that they never go to another finals again. Can't answer that yet. Too early. No, but yeah, I was having that conversation with my cousin because if any of like if Carl let, let's say Ben Simmons, if he's the tenth pick in the draft, Nobody cares that he's a oh, they 15. Adore him. He's a 15, 8, and 8 player. He's already made all NBA team. But because he's the first overall pick, he has MVP potential or envy. He was expected to be an MVP, at least a runner up, at least one time in his career. Franchise changer. And franchise changer, exactly. And since he has not been that. No, they have been a franchise. He was a franchise changer. Philly was garbage. I think Embiid was more of that. I think the both they both came in, but. I, you got to give Ben also, some credit He's also there too. crippled the franchise. And now, in hindsight, well, that's he is your, a franchise changer in that way too. Yeah, no, I agree. With now, you, he's he's also crippled point, the franchise. I can. He's also about to change the franchise in a negative way. <laughs> he might, yeah, or a, positive, depending on what they get back. And he gives me Kardashian vibes. <laughs> that's a joke. Respect, <laughs> oh my lord. Philly is hoping one guy becomes available, and that's Damian Lillard. Mm. And he might not become available because Portland, it was reported that they are all in on building around Damian Lillard. And Dame has not tweeted or talked to any reporter about leaving Portland. And in, in fact, everything he said thus far is alluding to him staying in Portland and wanting to build a winner still. And is this the right move or should Portland try to blow it up and rebuild now? I think we've been asking this question for a while, either, either trade Dame or CJ they made some okay moves in the offseason, getting Cody Zeller, Larry Nance Jr., Ben McLemore, but they lost Ennis Cancer, Carmelo, and Zach Collins. What do you think? Do you think it's the right move that they're trying to build around Dame still, or should they blow it up right now? I think, you know, when your franchise player establishes that he wants to be there, he establishes that he, I this is my home, I want to win one for Portland, let's, you know, I'm staying. He gives you that. He gives you that confidence. He gives you that satisfaction that he wants to stay. I think the only choice you can make is we're going to do our best to build around him. I don't. I don't think blowing it up at this moment and losing a guy who let's let's be realistic. Portland, aside from 
Bill Walton, Clyde Drexler. Who else? Like, who else? You know, they had Brandon Roy. He was hurt. Greg Oden, he got hurt. Dame Lillard has been. Tracy Porter? Is that the point guard, right? Tracy Porter. Terry Porter. Terry Porter. Terry Porter. No, he, he played with Clyde. Yeah, he was he was a good player. Yeah, but I'm saying like guys who are definitively, yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? Like Dame is one of those. He's one of them. He, in Portland history, his name is going in, up in the Raptors. His jersey is going up. He's going to be a Portland legend. He's a top three player for their franchise ever. So you got you you have an opportunity to keep him here. Because let's be realistic. If you trade him, you're going to have to go back through the draft. Nobody's coming to Portland. You know what I'm saying? Nobody's come through the Portland via free agency. You're going to have to go back to drafting and hopefully landing another Dame or Brandon Roy or a Grego. And they've been lucky. They just injuries have, you know, messed them up. So I think in that sense, when Dame said that, you have to kind of like build around him. And like you said, they've made some okay moves. You know, you you know, it's it's hard to do with the team that they have right now. I think the best way to build around Dame is get him a three and D elite wing, you know, kind of somebody like a Jalen Brown type of player or like a Paul George type of player and a really good big, I think somebody that would compliment. I don't think Dame and CJ compliment each other because they both score and don't play defense. I think you need a guy, or like, you know, Steph and Clay. Like, you need somebody that compliments your game. If I don't play D, you play defense. You know, if I play on ball, you're off ball, something like that. So I think that would benefit Dame. I definitely think it's the right move because Damian's obviously a top player in this league. You don't want to just move off of him. But I will say... Outside of Damian and McCullum, this roster is not all too impressive to me. Norman Powell is a solid ball player. I feel like that's the most I can say about that like in terms of skill wise. <laughs> you look Robert Covington, again, a solid ball player. He's a good role player. Nurkic, he's a talented dude, but can he really stay healthy consistently? It seems as if every season there's something new with him. Bench wise, and Fernie. And Fernie. And Fernie, excuse me. Simmons is not bad. Simmons. Simons, I <laughs> got, got his you. name all we messed up. Ben, uh, excuse me, Tony Snell obviously is not that great. It's they, this team is just not deep at all. I I just think overall, one of the two needs to be traded, and if if that's the case, CJ CJ has to go. And you mentioned it; they're not going to get anyone in free agency. You see, you know, Beal's going to be a free agent this upcoming season, and I doubt he's going to want to come to a team like this, especially with. The fact that defensively they need something different. Beal wouldn't work. No, Beal wouldn't. It's a similar to CJ McCollum, but obviously Beal's a, a better scorer than what CJ is. But realizing that, you need to be aware of it and be conscious of, all right, these two don't work. I need to make a move. I want to keep Dame because he's obviously the better player. But CJ McCollum, he's he's a very good ball player as well, but he's not getting the job for the job done for us, which is the ultimate goal winning a championship, being successful in the playoffs. They've had some success in the playoffs, but it's never correlated to winning the the championship. So I think moving CJ would probably give them some decent assets. I'm not too sure what they could possibly get in return that would, you know, equate that. I mean, sure, Ben Simmons, but I don't know if Philly's going to be willing to do that or maybe if that's what it comes to for Philly, maybe that'll be their best option. But you mentioned it. They need defense. Their only identity right now, in my opinion, is get the ball to Damian Lillard, let him do something special, and hope that he can pull it out for us in the end. And we saw that against Denver when he was unbelievable. Did they lose he, that game? He lost in double. I think it was double CJ overtime. out of bounds Some, or something like that? He just has minimal help offensively, defensively. He's not helping the team either all too much. So I think that that's got to be the option for Portland because you mentioned it. 
they're not going to get anyone in free agency. He was hitting shots oh, that game. The, the turnaround Yo, off the bank, that, that was ridiculous. The Blazers got better this offseason. I mean, they lost Melo, sure. They lost Ennis Cantor, Zach Collins. Zach Collins didn't play at all for them last year. Ennis Cantor is not a good defender. And Carmelo is not a good defender. Do I think Cody Zeller is at least the same tier, if not better than Cantor? I do think so. Agreed. Do I think... Larry Nance at this point is better than Carmelo. I do think so. I think Larry Nance is a better player. And then Ben McLemore, I think he's also a guy who has been reviving his career as of late, especially with Houston. Although a lot of people look good with Harden, but then when they leave him, they don't look that good. I you told know? you he was going to bring him up. Mm-hmm. You look at you look at <laughs> Kenneth Fareed. Kenneth Fareed averaged 15 and 10 with Harden when Capella was out, and now he hasn't been in the league since. He was in. He was with Portland's summer league team. You look at Ben McLemore. He was averaging close to ten points in Houston and D'Antoni's system. You know, Mike D'Antoni leaves hard and Westbrook leave. Now McLemore is still looking for a job, and I think their team is better now having Nance and Covington being those defensive anchors. Even though Covington, I think, has become one of the more overrated defenders and players in the league. People view him as a great three and D guy, but in reality. His on-ball defense isn't very good. You said something the other day that I disagree with. I actually think he's better suited as a four because he doesn't have the lateral quickness to guard threes. That's why I mm. think Covington is better suited at the four. I think they have Nance now. And then uh, offensively, Dame, CJ, they're primarily ISO guys, and they get a lot of their assists off of kickouts and just driving to the basket and penetrating. And, and Covington didn't have a, a very great season last year with Portland, not like he did in Houston, because like I said, Harden <sighs> takes so much pressure off of you when you play with him that oh he makes goodness. you absurdly better. Covington was averaging two blocks a game in Houston. That has something to do with Harden? That has nothing to That's do with Harden. Just being on the court with Harden just gives you more energy <laughs> to play on defense. And what about Tucker? He left Harden. And he won a chip. And Tucker was a 40% three-point shooter with Harden. And it wasn't until Tucker got to Houston where he then became. Then he left. And then he but I got chip. I'm asking. He left playing hard. Oh, actually, never mind. What a chip. Never mind. Out him, bro. He's, yeah, I guess. You I win guess. when well, you leave. P.J. Tucker's an outlier because he's a superstar in his own right. What, the, just by what about himself. Chris Paul? He left. Had some success. Finals. Look at that. Wow, that's that's cool. That yeah. was the second time he actually made the WCF. And he made the finals before Harden. Oh, yeah. That was the same guy you said that had a, had an easy run, too, right? Yeah. But th- don't don't disregard the facts, all right? <laughs> don't no, I'm just, just try and reverse it on I'm him. Just saying, yeah, don't try to backtrack. So, so I'm saying a lot of the players, you know, that have left Harden have not been so good. But all, let's just talk about Portland. <laughs> I just think this team. So wait, who do you think should start? Wait, what should be the star lineup? I think it's Dame, CJ, Nance, and Nurkic. I think okay, yeah. Powell does come off the bench, and, and he's that sixth man. Start Nance and Covington. Nance is the and four, Covington. Four. Yeah, yeah, you need wow. that defense. But in my opinion, I think that I, I, if I'm Portland, I would trade CJ because I think there isn't any way to get better outside of training CJ. I agree. Is that going to be for Ben Simmons? I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't mind starting Powell at the two. And I think he's a better defender than CJ. He, he definitely is. gives more effort. So if you can have a starting lineup of Powell, Nance, Covington, and Nurkic, I think that's much better around CJ. That's why I kind of think that them trading away Gary Trent Jr. was a mistake. Because I think Gary Trent could have easily we, slotted into that starting lineup and yep. averaged 18 for them off the bat. And he's, he doesn't hold the ball too much. Yeah, and Gary Trent Jr. also shows a lot of effort on defense as well. So I think it was a mistake for them, even though they did get Norman Powell out of that. I think Trent has a higher ceiling than Powell, and he, he's probably a better player right now than him as well. I, I just think that Portland right now is stuck, and I think Dame is making the the 
right the wrong decision in wanting to stay in Portland. And I think Portland is making the wrong decision in trying to keep him there longer. Mm. I do understand they just got Chauncey Billups as a head coach and they want to give him a chance to at least win. So I think this is the final year we're going to see Portland as we know them. Mm -hmm. Billups is going to get one year to try to win with this roster. If he can't win, I think we are going to see Dame leave. Unless they start off extremely bad this year and now Dame is asking out. But I think Billups is going to get one year to do this. And if he doesn't do it, I think one of them, well, Dame is definitely going to trade it next year. What do, you, what do you guys think of CJ for Ben? What do you guys think of Ben Simmons' Dame team would look like? I think it would be great. Like, you, you would have him playing the three or the four? I would have him playing the, the either one. Yeah. And I'd have Nance come off the bench and Covington play the four. And then I'd have Simmons, Powell, Dame, Covington, Nurkic. That's a solid. That's that's solid. I like it. Yeah, that's a solid. That's a solid line. They should definitely do that. I mean, it's it's tough, man. Because like you said, you know, I, I feel like that loss to Denver really kind of put it all out there. Like this team, we thought, and I think we can all agree, we all thought this was one of the deepest teams they've had in a while last season. And I think me and Joel agreed trading Gary Trench at the time was a really bad move. We get it, Norman Powell. He's playing better. Maybe he probably was playing a little better at the moment. But Trent, you can see it. Like he has that scoring ability, that defensive versatility. He was guarding LeBron in the bubble at one point for Portland. You know, he's a really good defender. He's a floor spacer. He's a guy that doesn't need the ball in his hands. Norman Powell kind of gets a little too trigger happy sometimes. We saw that against Denver. And you know, losing to Denver without Jamal Murray, that was just like when you were big favorites. That kind of like set everything in table. You know, even Dame said it. After the series in the press, I, we need a lot. I don't like. I don't know why we lost. You know, he was talking about it. He felt he, look, he looked sad, defeated, and we don't see that from Dame a lot. So you know, like you said, they're kind of like this is one year. Chauncey gets one year. Yeah, that Gary Trent uh, Trent Jr. trade was bad. Gary Trent Jr. is twenty two. Norman Powell's twenty eight. I think they didn't want to pay him. Yeah, Toronto paid him. Toronto gave him, gave him that that money, which I guess is fair. He's a solid ball player, but I, don't know, I mean. Are you going to get much better than Gary Trent Jr. right now? No, no. Not really. Unless Nazir Little develops. <laughs> you thought he was going to be a star. What the? You got to stop. <laughs> <laughs> you, you didn't think so at, in North Carolina? Mm-mm. You didn't think he was going to be a superstar player? No, nah, he got benched in North Carolina. I remember you telling me that he was going to be a Hall of so Fame So you're just going to throw that narrative out here? So we, okay. <laughs> Destroy your character. Yeah, I see what you're doing. On to the football portion of the podcast. We're going to have... You're not going to go to the bathroom? Five good, topics. Oh, I'm surprised. Uh-huh. Oh, you're, go- you're, you're not going to leave to a basketball game? Ah, uh, the jokes. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk about who the best Alabama quarterback is going to be. We're going to debate that. If Julio Jones is still the top three wide receiver. And give our predictions for each division in the NFC. So starting off with the Alabama quarterback topic. There are three current Alabama starters in the NFL at the quarterback position. We got Mac Jones with the New England Patriots. I knew you were going to say him first. We have Jalen Hurts with the Philadelphia Eagles and Tua <laughs> Tagovailoa with the Miami Dolphins. Which one do you think is going to be the best? And also list them out. You know, name them one through three. Who's going to be the best? Who's going to be the worst? I'll start with you. You know, are you going with your guy Jalen Hurts <laughs> on Philadelphia or who are you going with? I think looking at it right now, we can all agree, like before the season even starts, Mac Jones has the best intangibles. He's the best leader out of the three. I think we can all agree to that. I think in terms of pocket passing, Mac Jones is the best at the moment. But Hurts is the best runner out of the three. I think we can all 
give me that. But, you know, I think a lot of QB success is predicated on the team. This is a very much, this is not the NBA. This is very much a team sport. And Jalen Hurts, automatically I rule him out because his team isn't good. You know, he has the worst team out the bunch. And I think Tua, you know, before the injury, Tua was projected to be one of the best quarterbacks in the country. He was projected to be a top five pick. He was on a roll at Alabama, you know. He got hurt, missed damn near probably a year, came in, you know, football, Miami. They just threw him in. He started playing, kind of just threw him in. He didn't have a training camp. He was hurt. So I think this year with the training camp, you know, he had preseason. He had training camp to really figure things out. He has a, a coach who really now understands. He believes him a little bit. I think if I had to go do the lineup, I'm going to go Mac 1, 2-2, two two, Jalen Hurts 3. I think Mac just with Bill Belichick in the New England system, with the weapons they got, if they stay healthy, I think he's going to – do good even if he doesn't do good this year I'm I'm I can pretty much gamble that he's gonna have a pretty bright future with Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots and then Tua you know with that offense getting better they have young talent Brian Flores is a good coach Miami's a really good up-and-coming team I think he'll be good I think Jalen Hurts you know he's a he's all right but it's just the team right now isn't constructed as well as the other two guys so that's my list right now so I, have, I have a question what? is this solely off of this upcoming season or future purposes who do you think is going to be better? Period. Yes. Period. Because if we're talking strictly this season, I have a firm list. But if we're talking who's going to be better as a whole. That's my list in life. I'm going to go Tua, Mac, and I'm going to go Jalen Hurts. Off this season, though, I do believe it's going to be Tua, Jalen, and Mac last. Now, Tua is interesting to me because Tua came back last season from a broken femur. Now, if you guys don't know what that is, that's the largest bone in your body. Thank you. And he snapped it in half. I didn't know that. So prior to that, he had a QB rating or some, I think it's whatever their, their metric is in, in college. It's passing efficiency rating. It was 206.9. Now, that was in nine games. He threw 33 touchdowns, three interceptions. Now you look at Max last season, this past season. Oh, he had a rating of 203. He threw 41 touchdowns. He had 4,500 yards. Incredible. Incredible. I will not give him, I will not knock him for that. But in nine games, two had 33 touchdowns, 10 less. And Mac had played, he had played four more games than he did. Now, next season comes for Tua. He, he rushes back from this injury. He still plays, still has a winning record, but he didn't, he didn't wow anyone. Clearly, you are completely down on him. You don't think Tua is going to yeah, be good. Uh, now, this upcoming season, we're going to see Tua at his at his best. He's got a full training camp. He's fully healthy. He's got a good team around him. Offensive line could be better, but I'm not going to hold that against him. I still think that he's going to be able to roll outside the pocket because that's what he was missing last year. He didn't trust his legs yet. And he was, it was forcing himself to make bad throws, especially with the O-line that the Dolphins have. It wasn't an ideal situation for him. Now he's fully healthy. Now he's got better weapons around him. Now he's going to be making these throws that we were expecting him to make last season. Tua was coming in as being one of the most accurate quarterbacks we've seen a prospect be over the last few years. I do believe that's going to continue. I believe Mac Jones is going to be the second best. But this upcoming season, who is he throwing to really? Would I do I trust Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne over Devonta Smith and Jalen Rieger, Zach Ertz? Guys who haven't played much yet. 
Devonta Smith's going to be a superstar in this league. In year one? Jalen Rieger's breaking out this season. You sure about that? I, he's breaking out this season. And Zach Ertz is a top tight end in this league, but obviously he's not what he once was. Just said Dallas. The Eagles' offensive line is, is healthy this season, healthier this season. And I think that's going to benefit Jalen Hurts on top of his ability to scramble. That's why this upcoming season I project Jalen Hurts to be better than Mac Jones. I just don't think this year Mac Jones is going to show us what he's going to be in the future, which I do believe is going to be a very talented quarterback. I just believe Tua is better than he is. Ooh. So your list is Tua, Mac, Hurts, long-term. For long-term, yes, for sure. Wait, this season, it's Tua, Hurts, Mac. Yeah. <laughs> so <We> giggled. <laughs> this is a, it's not that I don't think Tua is going to be good, but is he going to be a superstar? I don't know. Uh, you said you don't think Tua is a starting quarterback in this league. I never said that. I said I think he's Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy is not about to be a starter, so... But he's, I think he's a starter in this league. And I, I've said that I think two was Jimmy. Jimmy G, that's not bad. That's still a good quarterback. <sighs> you know, you, you talk about Tua and his winning record and all that stuff. You know, that's all cute. That's all nice. But <laughs> Tua won a game where he threw for 93 yards. Mm. Was that really him winning the game? I don't know. It sounds like the team bailed him out in that one. He had another game where he won and he threw for... 94 yards mm. you know am i gonna give him the credit for that win uh, i don't know I, i'll think about it too he's he got benched how many times i think he got benched two three times in the rookie season and by the way brian flores managed that situation horribly terribly but i will say you know when brian brian flores is a stand-up guy you know if he sees that you're not playing well you're not playing well i don't think to his injury had much to do with him not being so great last year i think it had more to do with Chan Chan Gailey and his offensive playbook because Chan Gailey was interviewed and he came out and said it. He said, I was surprised when Brian Flores named two of the starter because this offense was designed around Ryan Fitzpatrick Tua didn't have an off season or training camp to get ready. And we just slotted him in. So basically it was two different playbooks. The, the, the playbook was limited for Tua because He's not the quarterback Fitzpatrick is in terms of their play styles. So that's why I think Tua struggled. Tua's first five starts in the NFL, 178 yards per game passing. He's not throwing for much. You know, they're not asking to do much. He had seven touchdowns, zero interceptions, 98 quarterback rating, 61% completion percentage, and 6.3 yards per attempt. Solid. That's solid. Tua's last four starts. Mm. Threw 229 yards per game, four touchdowns, five interceptions, 79.7 quarterback rating, 68% completion percentage, and 4.9 yards per attempt. Tua had the lowest yards per attempt by far in the NFL this past season. He does, he's not a gunslinger, and he's a very safe and uh accurate quarterback but can you really say accurate when he's only throwing two yard passes i don't really think so i think you know it's most of the scheme when we're ranking these guys it's it's simple for me really <laughs> mac jones is undoubtedly going to be the best quarterback out of this bunch he has the best arm he he is the most accurate he is the most comfortable in reading defenses he is the most efficient and i think he also senses pressure Better than these guys. Maybe not Hurts, but definitely better than Tua. I think Mac Jones is truly going to be God's gift to the New England oh Patriots. That's how good he is. <laughs> Mac and Cheese, Mac Jones. 
highest completion percentage in college football history and best quarterback rating in college football history as well. Also, you talk about Tua's season with Alabama versus Mac Jones. Mac Jones had the better season, and he had less talent than Tua as well. Tua had more talent, and they actually opened up the playbook for Mac Jones because he can make more throws than Tua. Second is Jalen Hurts. Mm. It's simple for me because when I see Jalen Hurts, I see a guy who has insane leadership ability, who can move out the pocket and is extremely mobile, who has a very good underrated arm. And I think Philadelphia is going to be better than what people expect. Having Devontae Smith, having Zach Ertz, having Miles Sanders, that offensive line is still going to be good. It's not going anywhere. Why do you keep saying Zach Ertz? Because Zach Ertz is going to be good. He's and now starting, that he's got – no, he is. No. Him and Goddard are still going to – not playing a two-tight end system. Playing one, and Dallas is starting. That's why I'll be – why y'all not saying Dallas? Dallas. Well, Dallas Goddard is good too. Tough. Regardless, and I, you know you know, I was high on Jalen Rigger pre-draft, and I right. think he's going to have a, a better season than he did his rookie season. Even though it's not saying yeah, much, I not. think Rager <laughs> is going to be good. I think Hope Jalen so, Hurts man. is getting slept on, and I think he's going to be good for Philadelphia. And then third is Tua. Miami – they're going to be a, a a team that is assembled great. But the one thing that's always going to be missing for them is having that franchise-changing quarterback. Do I think Hurts is that? No. Do I think Mac Jones is that? Absolutely. So when I'm ranking these three, I have Mac Jones, Jalen Hurts, and Tua Tagovailoa. I see franchise quarterback in Mac Jones. I don't see it in Hurts, and I don't see it in Tua. Why do you keep throwing the whole he had 94 yards thing up? Who? For Tua. Cause I remember very. This is this is this is early in the show, right? I remember this so vividly too. It's like in the back of my mind. Ryan Tannehill went into the playoffs, right? And I remember Derrick Henry was carrying them. You know, he was throwing ninety yards, seventy-five yards, nothing crazy. You know, he was just being a game manager, letting Derrick Henry run wild. And he came up on the podcast. He said Ryan Tannehill did his job. He was just being a game job. manager. He's being a game manager. So now when Tua. Who's coming up here? He has 94 yards. I, I don't know the spectrics of the game. But and a rookie. A rookie he's, he's coming doing off a, yeah, a horrific it's, it's, injury. It's, you want to know what's the difference? It's disrespectful. What, the difference with, with Ryan Tannehill, they would have never made the playoffs without Ryan Tannehill if he did not take the start. Since Ryan Tannehill has started for the Tennessee Titans, statistically, he has been a top seven quarterback in the NFL. That's the difference. He's proved himself. It has nothing to do with the situation he's, he's pro- talking about. He's proved himself. I get you tried to do that to set us up no, for no, that. I'm just saying, he's proved himself. Yeah, but that, that's in year, what, 10? I mean... Tua was a rookie. If you want to talk about Ryan Tannehill, his first couple no, of years I, in the career... I know, I'm he's, saying... He's been, he was great, too. No, 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 Before no. Tennessee, he was great. rookie season, he wasn't spectacular. Oh, he, was, yeah. he, had a good, he had a good career with the Dolphins. NFL was also tough for 10 years ago. The rule changes in the defenses right. now it's, it's are really, different. It's more in favor oh, to. Okay, okay. I mean, Tom now. Brady explained it. No, in, I, in I, I didn't know that. No, Tom Brady explained it because now defenses get penalized for hits. Mm. Mistakes you on a guy. 15. Mistakes that are Sounds on like a quarter, mistakes that are on a quarterback are now blamed on the defense, and it makes the game less competitive. And and you know it, it makes it more. It makes quarterbacks' job easier because they have more leeway to make mistakes and it builds bad habits. That's what that, that's what Tom Brady said. The words coming right out of no, his I mouth. didn't know. That's what no, I'm saying. So it's much easier to play the quarterback position that's now, that you said which that. is why back then you can draft the quarterback and he can struggle for five seasons and you'll still keep him. But nowadays, it's not like Tannehill wasn't in the. It was it's no, recent. But now nowadays, if a quarterback, if you draft the guy and he struggles for his first two seasons, you're moving on. 
you aren't keeping him it's for like very long. The, the rules are favored towards the quarterback. Because, it depends on where you're drafted. Because you can either you either can play or you can't. That's really what I think it is in the NFL. You can either play or you can't. And if a guy shows that he can't play, he can't play. It depends on where you're drafted, but nine times out of ten, you're correct. Nowadays, at least, I think it mm-hmm. is. You know, I don't think we're going to see another pain Manning situation where he throws 26 tugs mm-hmm. and 20 interceptions and, you know, has a Hall of Fame career. I don't think I see that anymore. Right. Or even, you know, a lot of guys had Baker a rough... did that, though, and they gave him a, another chance. It wasn't 25, Baker had, 25. He, had a, Baker, he had a very good rookie season. Baker set sophomore records year, rookie year. Sophomore year definitely took a drop, but then came back this most recent. So my three is easy, though. It's Mac Jones, Jalen Hurts, and Tua. So and do, you, do you believe Tua lacks leadership? I think he does. I disagree with that wholeheartedly. I think he lacks leadership. <laughs> I think... Uh, what did, wait, what have you seen from Hurts to say he has more leadership than Tua, though? I think I've seen him at Oklahoma. I've seen how they rally behind him at Alabama. You know what I've I remember seen, vividly? Tua coming did, to replace yeah, Jalen Hurts. And won the chip for them. In the, in the championship game, and yeah. Tua got the job done. <laughs> do, you not, just, do you just not like Tua? Gotta be. Oh, and then the I next think Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback. the next season after that, Tua went 43-6. and six. Boom. And no, went, to the, no, I'm, and, I'm, and went to the Natty again. No, I'm here. Uh, I, Lost, I, I don't have two at one, but I'm here with you. I'm here with you. And then the year after that, he was even better up until he broke his femur, yes. which is insane. <laughs> and we can talk about these college stats all we want, but the fact that matters is that before Tua, Tua has a winning record in the NFL. Oh, before Mac Jones is zero and zero. Wait, winning record in the NFL doesn't really mean much. What? Jimmy Garoppolo has. You call him a winner. Jimmy Garoppolo is one of the winning, winningest quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. Where do you rank him as a quarterback? Ooh. Probably 20-ish. 20-ish. So he's one of the bottom 20 quarterbacks in the league. But and I believe he has, is going to be amazing. So you think he's the top 10 quarterback in the league? I think he could probably... That's his ceiling. <laughs> his ceiling is the 10th best QB. <laughs> top 10. Okay. So you believe Tua will be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL? He could be, definitely. Do you, so you think, believe that? Do you think yeah. after this season we're going to view him as that? People are going to put a lot more respect on Tua's name after this season. That's and you included. You. Okay. That's not what he asked you. No, they said they're going to see him in a different no, he light. said, do you think after Do I think he's going to be, be top, top 10 this season? No. There's a lot of great quarterbacks okay. in this league. And I'm here to tell you, you're going to be wrong. Okay. <laughs> very wrong And you said that. Mac Jones is going to be better than him. I'm going and you're to be, going to be wrong I'm going about to be that. Very right about that. Okay. Very right about that. Listen, I've been on the same because wavelength with you when it comes to Mac Jones. I said Mac Jones was going to start Week One. Ended up starting Week One. I I do believe Mac Jones is going to be a solid quarterback. He's not he's, Tua. Oh no, ooh. you're wrong. Tua is not Mac Jones. Other he's not around. close to Mac Jones. Other way around. Who who is better at Alabama? But you just said college stats don't matter. No, I'm just saying. No, college stats don't it, matter. It but matters, even still, it, pertaining to Tua and Mac Jones, it does matter okay. because. They played with the same players. Tua had a better roster around. You keep him. saying that 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 roster that Alabama had was Man, that was a crazy. Are you kidding crazy. me? Wait, hold up. For one, Mac Jones, Jalen Waddle was injured for a lot of those games. Mm-hmm. So and Devontae Smith. He had Jalen Waddle. He had Najee. He had Devontae Smith. But Tua had Jerry Judy, Devontae Smith, and Waddle but and Najee. Didn't Devontae win Player of the Year? The, yes, he was. He was the yeah, Heisman winner because Jalen Waddle got hurt and Devontae had to step up, and he did. Jerry Judy left. Yeah, Tua wild. had Jerry Judy, healthy Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, and Najee. And he had rugs too, and he had Irv Smith Jr. I believe. But Najee wasn't like that. The way he was like that last season, oh, he had to take a bigger role. He had to take a bigger role. But if we're talking about strictly the the players they played with, Tua had more talent around him at Alabama. The on na- he had more names, sure, but they weren't playing like they played this most recent season. Jalen Waddle. 
when he was with it's Tua, like there was in the the Clemson wide receiver room you had Sammy Watkins, DeAndre Hopkins, all these guys exactly at that, at that time it your time comes and then you become your expectations. Wait, hold up. Because Jerry Judy, if I'm not mistaken, when he went into the draft, oh, he's, uh, he was uh, amazing. It was between 1A, 1B. I think sure. he's about Waddle, though. I think okay. he's about Jalen Waddle, after that season, everybody knew he was a projected top 10 pick he in the was. draft. Yeah, he was. Devontae Smith was a surprise, but not that big of a surprise. He was still a pro- uh, he, he was projected at least as a second rounder. I don't think people. And Najee was still projected as a, as a first round, if not second round running back, even after that season with Tua. So, I mean, let's not act like these guys came out. It's not like they were Joe they, Burrow. They, I'm not saying that, but they <laughs> fully broke out with Mac Jones. I mean, when when Mac Jones' best two targets are Mechie and and you have also uh, Mechie and you will have also Devontae Smith, Devontae Smith has to take a bigger role. And I even forgot about Henry Ruggs. Yeah, mm-hmm. I told you that. So they had Judy, Henry Ruggs, Waddle, Devontae Smith, the, and Najee. They have the picture of all so four of walking. Co- so, of so, course, tough, so yeah. of course, Najee's not going to have as much carries if you have all these four great receivers and Devontae Smith's not going to take that big of a load. Mm-hmm. If we're being honest, if Jalen Waddle is is healthy for that entire year last season, Devontae Smith has a great year, but he doesn't win player of the year. Like he won it because he had to take a, a much more increased role. But he still thrived in it. And okay, was still... I, I get it. I understand, but... My point was that Tua played with more talent at Alabama than he played Mac with Jones. more names than than Mac Jones. What do you mean more names? He played with more talent. But overall, it's not like they all played and they all shined. Mm. Jerry Judy Henry Ruggs definitely shined. They definitely they did. were both top. They definitely picks. did. They definitely did. But you're wow. so did Najee Harris did not, shined. He did not shine like he shined. But with he Mac. shined. But he shined. Look at <laughs> the numbers then. If you, I'll look it up, so you can continue talking. But you, we're not. It's not just names, though. He's playing with better talent. It's not just names. He played with two first round picks and and Judy and, and Ruggs, Ruggs yep. and Devonte and Jalen Waddle. Like it's not even close in but terms again, of the talent they played with. They weren't all getting the touches like they were once these two guys left. Okay, for so for example, reasons. for example, let's just talk about it in NFL terms. If if let's say a quarterback has he's playing with. Hopkins, Julio, Devontae, mm-hmm. and Stefan Diggs. And the other quarterback is playing with Hopkins, Julio, so, AJ Brown, so, and uh, and freaking uh let's just say Devontae Parker. Are we not saying one of them played with more talent, or are you just saying they played with more names? They're Tua, definitely still playing with more Tua, talent. Tua was with Najee Harris in twenty nineteen, but that's when Tua got hurt, right? How many games did he get hurt into? Eight, I want to say it was nine games. So basically the entire season. Th- yeah. 13 total games. Like 14 that total games. That is the games. bulk of it. So that's, it's not like he missed half the year, though. So he played most of the year. But regard- he missed the important parts, though. The and Mac Jones came in that year and played well, too. So even without... So the year before then, Tua still was amazing. Tua, who was that, the running back the year before? Josh Jacobs? Let's see who was A Pro Bowl running back? You you hold Pro Bowl into high esteem, but regardless of now, that, Josh, is tough. Josh Jacobs recent, has been the top ten running back in the league. Last season, he was top ten in your opinion. I mean, in, he's been in the league two years. Top ten. He's last year. He's he was top, top ten. He's top, he's top 15. fifteen for sure. Yeah, okay, I agree that he has top fifteen potential. Top fifteen potential. His, he's for, top fifteen. His rookie back. season, he was great. Last season, he was average. But did he play with Josh Jacobs or not? I'm gonna assume so. Okay. So he played with Josh Jacobs too. So I don't know why you're just, you're saying names to defend your argument, but the reality is that he had more talent than Tua. Alabama's always talented. Exactly. So let's just say that he had a thousand yards rushing last year, four yards per carry. I know he didn't have his, the same as his rookie year, but, but that's what I'm saying. He had twelve. T- he 
Josh Jacobs had more touchdowns in his rookie year. He had 12 touchdowns. He had more receiving yards in his rookie year as well. So he re- he regressed. No, no. He had more. Re- Josh Jacobs had more receiving yards and touchdowns uh, this past season than he did his rookie year. He dropped down in in uh and yards. yards by not even 100. By so like how 90. many touchdowns did he have his rookie season? I'm curious Seven. now. Okay. And he had 12 this most recent season. That's impressive. So he actually, I'll give him his credit. So yeah. I guess. I, oh, come on, man. I'm just saying. Well, I can be honest. They all went to Alabama. They all play with talent. It's, yeah, it's but, I, talk, but I think it's Devontae, Mechie, or Devontae, Judy, Ruggs, Waddle, Josh Jacobs, or Najee, whoever you want, whatever, however mm-hmm, you want to mm-hmm, slice mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, one played with more talent, mm-hmm. and Mac Jones had the better year with the offense being more of a gunslinger type offense. He, but Tua had the better passer rating up until that point. So you're saying he basically played the entire season. He had the better passer rating. Passer rating, but the quarterback rating... Uh, Mac Jones actually he's number one in history. Okay, yeah. So he's actually rating. the only person by the person behind Mac is Joe Burrow in that, terms that, of best quarterback year, rating. Yeah, and Mac Jones highest completion percentage in college football history, and he took more chances down the field than than Tua. And that's right. why I think Mac is going to be great. Yards per attempt, it's about the same. Well, then you got to take in uh, yards after catch too. I'm pretty sure Tua had more yards after catch. It was I don't 12, have the, it. Was twelve point three? Excuse me, eleven point three, eleven point two in his two years. Eleven point two for Mac Jones. Mac Jones had eleven point two. Okay, yeah, that's a lot of yards so, per 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 uh, pass. Mm-hmm. But it also depends on yards after catch because so yards like after, I, after like like I mentioned, Tua's yeah. playing with rugs, so having him as that vertical threat. You're obviously going to be throwing bombs, or even a screen pass could turn into like an 80 yard touchdown because he's just so fast. Yep. You know, when Dwayne Hassan was with Ohio State, he had Paris Campbell who was doing that, and then Terry McLaurin was there as well. So it was always guys that was thriving after the catch. But I do think Mac Jones is, is going to be better than Tua. Well, yeah. we'll see. We'll yeah, see. Wait. Time will tell. Cool. And I it's think. So, it's next I week, think, right? I mean, yeah, it is. It is. I yeah, mean, week one, Thursday. it's Tua versus Mac Jones. That's going to be awesome to Week watch. One, yeah, gonna it's going to cool. be awesome to watch Matt Jones torch Miami and Tua throw five picks in a game or three picks. That just sounds like throws. a hating remark. That's he is legit hater. hating. That's Joel. No, we'll see. We'll see Tua struggle versus the Patriots while Mac Jones thrives and does his thing versus Miami. Mm. It's not hating. It's a fact. Facts. It's a fact. That's fact. not fact because it hasn't happened. I mean, it's a fact because it is going to happen. And it's I'm an a, opinion I'm a, I'm that's going, pretty... I'm going to come in here after week one because we're going to do our week one pick-ems. Uh-huh. So when I pick the Patriots to... To win week one, and we come back and we talk about Mac Jones versus two. And we, we're gonna, I'm gonna reiterate the same thing I said on the segment. You know, it was obvious Mac was the better quarterback based on college and just looking at how he looks. Mac Jones is the guy, man. He's right. the guy. Listen, I, I definitely feel you. Mac Jones is the guy, and he's it's not attack. like I haven't had proof of me saying that he's going to be like that, but you compare him to Tua, that's where I start to... I mean, you think Tua is top 10 quarterback. You believe Mac Jones could be that? Mm, I, I think, like, I think Mac Jones could be like a Derek Carr. It's not a franchise superstar. I think, no, I think Derek Carr's a franchise quarterback. Oh. Yeah. I think I think Mac Jones can be that way. Our opinions are... Do you think Derek Carr's a franchise? I do think so. Do I think Mac Jones can be like reach that Josh Allen, um, Russell Wilson? Oh, like that type level? Of tier. I don't. I think there's tiers, right? There, you have the MVP tiers with Mahomes, Watson, Rogers, Allen, Brady, 
then you have that second tier of like Lamar Jackson and these you other guys. You don't think guys. Lamar's in that first? I don't think he so. He won an MVP though. He has to. I be know, the first but I think that just him struggling to come come from behind has hurt him. And I think there's a third tier of like Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, Matthew Stafford, and I think so. I think Tua could reach that. That third okay. tier. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Now that you say that, I do think Baker. Carr is a franchise. I do think Carr is a franchise. More in. Me too. All right, bro. Do it for me, please. Got you. Thank you. Appreciate you. So Baker, I think, is in that like Carr, Cousins tier now. Okay. He just got there. Yeah. So I think they're in that tier. Okay. I think Mac Jones can be in that tier. I don't see him being that superstar if everything is bad around him, he's going to like, you know, be mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson. I agree. Watson has oh, I agree. Believe that. Zach Wilson will be though. Hey. And Tony Romo said it. <laughs> I'm not going to back. I'm not going to say so you're wrong there. Look he at is... this. Look at this. Um, I read this on a Jets fan page. Steve Young said in April, he sees Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes in Zach Wilson's game. Tony Romo said last month, he's like a young Dan Marino. And then this week said Wilson has the ability to get into the stratosphere of Mahomes. Thinks he will be a top three to five quarterback in the league very quickly. Chris Collins worked this week, made another legendary comparison by Wilson saying Wilson plays a game like Aaron Rodgers. Mm. And Phil Simms, former Hall of Fame quarterback, raved about him after watching the practice saying he's tremendous when he throws on the run. And then Teddy Bruschi, Patriot guy, he's, he's not a Jets loyalist, said on ESPN he picked Wilson to be his choice to win Offensive Rookie of the Year and raved about his talent and potential. Sheesh. I'm just saying, man. I mean, we got we got that guy. The Jets got that guy. Better hope. I'm hoping, but I know it too. In my gut, I know it. That's when I see him. There's sometimes you could just see a look and you can see it. Talking about wide receivers, because we talked about <clears throat> how stacked Alabama wide receivers are. We're going to talk about a, a former Alabama wide receiver and Julio Jones. Now, Julio Jones has been one of the best wide receivers of our generation. And this past season, the 2020 season, he had an off year. You know, he only played nine games. He was hurt. And then he got traded to Tennessee. And that begs the question with with players like Devontae Adams, Hopkins, Stephon Diggs, and Tyreek Hill having better seasons than Julio. Do you think Julio Jones is still a top three wide receiver in the NFL? (laughs) I know we're all gonna have a different. Well, me and me and Drew is just talking about it. No, I don't. I don't think he's top three right now. I think he's top five though for sure. Top five, top six. I just think you know with the way Tay just you know and Tay's always you know he's always been around, but you know he hasn't had the statistical dominance dominance like he had this year. But he's always been around as one of the best receivers in the NFL. And I think this year just put him up there with the best of them. DeAndre Hopkins, you know, he's been consistently putting up the numbers every. And Stephon Diggs, you know, he. I think the last two, three seasons, he's put up some solid numbers. But I think the season that just happened, he's put up a better 2020 season than Julio and 2019, in my opinion. I think both seasons, he's, he was better. And I think Stephon Diggs, you know, new environment with Josh Allen. He not only changed, he not only elevated his game, but he elevated Josh Allen into that superstar category. So I think when you do stuff like that, you know, you definitely got to be in high company. You know, DeAndre Hopkins, he was blessed. He hasn't been blessed with the type of quarterback play that Tay or Julio has been, but he's been consistently dominant. Tay, you know, with Aaron Rodgers, he's finally got to put the numbers up. But I think Julio, you know, with him being injured and him being at the age he is, it's it's disrespectful to say he wouldn't be top five. 
But I don't think it's disrespectful to say he's not top three now, considering the fact that Stephon Diggs, who just, if I'm not mistaken, led the league in yards. He's one of the best. Led in receptions. Thank you. Led the league in receptions. One of the best. He was at. He was a top five yard leader. Definitely. Definitely a top five yard leader. He was top seven, eight in touchdowns. So I think him having that year and then D-Hop, you know, he's going to be D-Hop and Tay B and Tay. I have those three in front of him, but I got it's, – it's tough at four because it's either Tyreek Hill or Julio Jones. Tyreek just so explosive, it's hard to keep him out the top five too. But those two would be my four or five, but those are my three right there. So I'm not going to penalize Julio Jones too much for having – an off year last year. Injuries play a role in everyone's game for sure, but you take into account everything he's done prior to that. We're looking at almost 1,400 yards, almost 1,700 yards, 1,400 yards, 1,400 yards, almost 1,900 yards, 1,500 yards, almost 1,600 yards. And you want to talk about someone that has just epitomized the word consistency. It's Julio Jones. Now, even last year, where he only played nine games, it was among of the past three seasons that he's played. Fifteen point one is among the highest of the three seasons of yards per reception. So it's not as if when he played, he wasn't effective. He was definitely still effective. Had half the number of touchdowns that he had the, the season prior, and he was incomplete in games that he still played. He missed half the game, three quarters of the game, a quarter of the game. He was still Julio Jones to a degree when he was able to. Now. Am I going to look at the league and say that there's not a bunch of talent to wide receiver? No, of course there's a bunch. Tay Adams, I'm, I'm going to have as the number one receiver in the game, in my opinion. I'm going to put D-Hop at two. I'm going to throw Julio at three. But it's definitely a conversation to have. You have Stefan Diggs, as you mentioned, and Tyreek Hill. For me personally, the one that comes closest is Tyreek Hill. Now, I know Tyreek Hill isn't the best route runner, but you want to talk about explosive. He's probably the number one in my excuse me, in my opinion the number one most explosive player in football. He is a player unlike anyone else. The speed dynamic that he brings to the Chiefs is what elevates that offense on top of having Mahomes and Kelsey, of course. But he was doing that even beforehand. Alex Smith was on the team, and Tyreek Hill was still a freak of nature. Now, Julio Jones separates himself a little because he has the speed. He has the size. He has the route-running ability. And he's been doing this with Matt Ryan, who is not a slouch, obviously, but he's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Josh Allen. And he's this I got, past I got Josh a, Allen. No, this past season, Josh he, Allen he was has excellent. Been Josh Allen, though. But, but he's, he doesn't have the talent Josh Allen has. Nah. He, do, he doesn't. He does have an MVP, though. He does have an MVP. And, and Matty Ice is definitely that not. That 2015. No, 2016. 20, yeah. Oh, no, he still has it. I was just he, He's definitely not. Six, a, four seasons, five seasons. I think seasons. 2017. 2017? That was, that was yeah. Julio's years, though. 2017? 2019, Julio had 1,400 yards, basically. Basically. That was what, 2017 is when he was putting up like 17, 1,800? 2017, he had 1,400, but he only had three touchdowns. That's when people were questioning wow. him. But the year after, he puts up 1,677 yep. and eight touchdowns. So, like again, that. I'm not going to give too much, you know, or hold it against him too much that he only played nine games and he didn't have 1,000 yards because he's Julio Jones. And I know for a fact he's going to be back to being Julio Jones this season. Julio Jones definitely a top three wide receiver still in the NFL. And before 2020, Julio missed a combined total of four games since 2014. 2020 was only was that only outlier year that he was hurt. Durability for him is not a concern. I'm not concerned about that at all. The only two players you can put in the same conversation, in the same 
tier as Julio are Devontae Adams and DeAndre Hopkins. Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs. That's wild to say. They are a tier below. That's wild to say. Even though I love Tyreek Hill's game, he is playing with, in my opinion, the best quarterback to ever play this game talent-wise. There's no debate about that. (laughs) I think Mahomes is going to reach that status. If he keeps winning Super Bowls, we'll see if he does. And then DeAndre Hopkins, playing with garbage quarterbacks all these years, racking up 1,000 yards, um, receiving still. Then you look at Stephon Diggs. I mean, Stefan Diggs, he's been a great receiver for Minnesota, but this past year was his career year sure. with with um, Josh Allen, with Brian Dable in that offense. He had a great year, but you look at Julio Jones, 2018 and 2019. 2018, 1,677 yards, 113 receptions, eight touchdowns. 2019, 99 receptions, 1,400 yards basically and six touchdowns. Hill and Diggs, their 2018 and 2019 years can't compare to Julio's. Tyreek's can. His 2018 season can compare to it. And this was past season. Yeah, because that was the year Tyreek killed. But that was the year that Mahomes threw for 50 touchdowns in a year as, you know, basically a rookie starting. Even though it was the second year, that was his first year as a starter. So Tyreek Hill is phenomenal. But if I know I'm getting a healthy Julio at his best, and I still think he has a lot left to give, I am not taking Tyreek Hill or Stephon Diggs over Julio Jones. I might not even take Devontae Adams over Julio Jones. I was Julio just about Jones. to ask you, would you even take Tay over a I healthy mean, all Julio? T- all time, it's obvious you go no, Julio. No, I'm talking but who, right, right, right now. now? No, right I, now, I, I probably lean D- I'd take Tay. You know, I, I like Devontae Adams a lot, but I don't even know if he's better than DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, I have D-Hop at one. I might have D-Hop at one. I, I think right now they obviously pick your poison. You know, they're interchangeable, but... Like you said, the consistency does matter. And D-Hop consistently, you know, he's just been, no matter who's at center, like whether it be a Deshaun Watson, a Kyler Murray, or a Brock Eisweiler, or like a Brian Hoyer, it doesn't really matter. You know, he's going to be effective regardless, and I think that matters. You know, what benefits Tay, obviously people are going to say is he plays with Rodgers. One of the greatest QBs to ever play the game, you know. So it's no, like I agree. DeAndre is number one. No, I think I think uh, Hopkins is Spencer and Devontae is a Cam. That's wild. Like to I say think that. all, you all you time I'd probably take DeAndre, but right now I think I'd take Tay. You said it's wild to say that. Why? Why Diggs can't jump in that in that tier? He could no. probably he could be the like the first guy out the door, but he definitely deserves to be in. And Tyreek. T- Tyreek definitely deserves to be in that tier. Yeah, if not Tyreek, that's the the part. If not Tyreek, because of the fact that you like, like he he's he's just explosive. Diggs got to be in it because he literally can do everything. He may not have the size like Julio, but he's an elite route runner. He's an elite deep ball catcher. He can do everything. May not may not be as great as Julio because obviously the size, but he can do everything Julio can do on the field. It's just that Julio's had like seven of Diggs' seasons. Yeah, you know. That's why I you got to give the edge to Julio. Different, different beast. For sure. But Diggs last year, come on, man. He was great. He was, come on, bro. He was he great. Was, he was crazy. And you was one of those people who was like, I don't know if Diggs is going to really change Josh Allen or if Josh Allen's going to come out and be an MVP candidate. You was one of those people. I mean, if they kept the same offers for 2019, it wouldn't have happened. Well, Brian Dable, Brian Dable from 2019 to 2020 changed his entire offensive philosophy. Sure. So, you know, that helped a lot. You didn't and believe in them, though? Brian Dable, yeah, because this is the only year he became a household name. And that's because he changed his offense. I think before 2020, nobody was talking about Brian Dable being an offensive guru. It was this year that 
people open up their eyes because he changed his old game plan, his old scheme, his offensive game plan to be more pass heavy. Because in 2019 and 2018, they were much more balanced and they were much so more. The Bills, run- right? Yeah, they were much more of a run oriented team. I mean, he didn't. He didn't. Allen didn't have. You know what I'm saying? He yeah, had, they had he John have, Brown, Cole Beasley. But he's not. That's not. Nah, that's not Diggs. But still, you know, well, you have that game changer. They weren't a pass heavy offense at all. I'm saying, I, when you have that game changer, it changes everything. You I, know? Agree. It I agree. Definitely, it definitely, and you've seen, you've seen the I result. Mean, we see that, but we see a lot of OCs that they don't cater That's their true. offensive game plans to their players. They just plug and play them. Mm-hmm. They don't cater it. And I think Brian Dable deserves a lot of credit for catering his system around his players. Now on to the NFC. We're going to give our NFC predictions for each division. And let's start off with the first division, the NFC East, as some like to say, the NFC least. Let's talk about them. You know, who, who who's <laughs> going to win this you division? The, you wanted to die from, okay, I got something who, for you too. You know, what teams are going <laughs> to have what records? You know, what do you believe? First off, let's start off with Washington. What You know, I think Washington is going 9-8 this season. I think they're going to be a great team. Last year, they, locked, they lacked offense, and they got that with the moves they made in free agency, getting Curtis Samuel, drafting Diami Brown signing Adam Humphreys and Fitzpatrick. I think he's better than Alex Smith. He's better than Kyle Allen, Heineke, and even what they had in Dwayne Haskins last year. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think they're going to go 9-8. and eight. I think they will win this division. I have the Giants going 8-9, and nine, Dallas going 7-10, and 10, and the Eagles going 6-11. and 11. You know, our list is, it's, you had a football team, Nine you and eight. Dal- no, it, I don't want to. You have football team Dallas. Oh. And, oh, okay, okay. Football so. team Giants Dallas. Oh, okay. So, yeah, me and you have the same list. I, I got. I feel like Washington's going to win the division. I think that defense is just so elite that even if the offense isn't what it is, the defense will be able to carry them throughout the season, especially in that division. I got New York. You know, I got New York coming up right behind them. Okay. I think, you know, Daniel Jones is going to have a good year, especially okay. with the additions of Kenny Galladay. They still got Sterling Shepard. They, they have Slayton, who played really well last year. Saquon's coming back. You know, you still got that talented running back. And their defense is good. You know, it's not, it's no slouch out there defensively. They still got Bradbury, too. The defense is a solid core. So I got them at two. Dallas, you know, the, the Star Boys, they'll, they'll be third. You know, they'll be cool. You know, I just think that defense still needs a lot of fixing. You know, their offense is going to be one of the best in the league st- st- ah, statistically. But I just think, you know, that defense still needs a lot of work. You know, Zeke, we don't know. Zeke has hasn't been the same since his rookie. He's been slowly regressing since his rookie year. But you know they still got Ceedee Lamb. They still got Amari Cooper. So they'll be offensively. They'll still be dominant. But I think you know defense is in there. And then my boys. You know we just don't have. I think our offensive line, like you said, it's been healthy, but we always get it healthy, and then they start to get the injuries late. We get Brandon Brooks back, so I think that's dope. But Brandon Graham. Brennan Brooks. No, he tore his ACL. Offensive lineman? Yeah, he, tore, he didn't play last year. We get him back. You know, Lane Johnson, he's feeling healthy. Jason Kelsey's back. New court, new coach, new system. Jay, Jalen Hurts, we got a receiver. So we're still young. We still have time to grow. I don't think we'll be that good, but I think we'll be competitive within the division. Wait, so what do you think their Eagles are going to record is going to be? I think we're going to win like four or five games. I, if I if I, I, I had Washington 10 and 7, I had Giants 9 and 8, I had Dallas Eight and nine, and then we were, we're gonna win like around four or five games. I don't I don't think we'll win six. Six is we win six. It's lit, but it doesn't really matter. We'll be the worst in the division. Just backpack of what you said. I think the Eagles probably win four games. I think they go four and thirteen. I just think overall defensively they're still really bad. 
I do believe Jalen Hurts takes a step up this season. I do believe Devonta Smith's going to have a really good season. Again, I believe Jalen Rieger's going to have a breakout season, but the crutch, or, you know, the, the downfall of this team is going to be, crutch is a good thing, so the downfall of this th- of this team is going to be their defense. You think so? I do. Our defense is our... What part of the defense? So Yeah, so, I'm confused. Our I, defense... Darius, Darius Slay is still getting, he's older, he got cooked a bunch of times. I'm not in love with your secondary. It's oh. not Steven Nelson. And Anthony Harris from Minnesota. No, our secondary is our worst part, but our defense overall Fletcher is good. Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Josh Wett, Derek Barnett. Javon, our run defense has always been at the top of the Javon NFL. Hargrave. From I, I, do be, I do believe that the defensive line still it, it regresses a little bit from last season. That's Fletcher fair. Cox is, is a, exactly. I just think that another year older, not much talent added on the interior side. Fletcher Cox is obviously one of the more talented guys in the league, but overall, I'm looking at the game. I just want to let you know our if you did see bad defense last year, it was because of our bad offense that led to our bad defense okay. being on the field consistently. And I do believe that your offense was bad last season because you mentioned the offensive line was really banged up. Now you bring these pieces back. I do believe that it's going to give Jalen Hurts a little bit more time in the pocket. And even if the pocket starts collapsing, I do believe Jalen Hurts has the ability to scramble outside. Not, I don't trust his ability to throw on the run as much as I trust him Either. to go and scramble for a first down. Now, I do believe Miles Sanders is going to be in line for a big role this season. He's a good pass catching back. He is really good. Uh, you just hand the ball off to him and you ask him to make something happen. He actually led the league in 50-yard rushes, I believe. Talk about Sanders, right? Yeah, yeah Miles yeah. Sanders. He was really solid last season. But ultimately, I do believe that it's not going to be enough to make them a winning team this season. I think third place is actually going to be the Giants. I think they're going to go 7-9. and nine. I do believe that their defense is really solid, but I'm not sold on that offensive line. Seven and ten. Yes, thank you very much. Seven and ten. I just don't believe in that offensive line. They need de- they definitely more more talent. Andrew Thomas really hasn't shown much up to this point. I'm not out on him yet. I just think that he still needs more time to develop. I think that they're forcing him to play left tackle right now, even though I believe his natural position is right tackle. And Nate Soldier, you signed him, and that was a it, it's. It's burned them terribly. He was not worth the contract that they ended up giving him. I'm not a fan as a whole of that offensive line. But you mentioned that they have really good weapons. Obviously, Saquon. They just brought in Galladay. Sterling Shepard's solid for them. I feel like I'm blanking on another Slayer. receiver. Of those. Darius Slayton was a, was a touchdown threat for them. But I'm not looking in too deep into Slayton. I'm not a huge fan of his uh, this season. But defense, that's their strong point. They have a really solid defense. They they definitely impressed me last season, which is the reason why they were winning some of their games. James Bradbury is a top corner in this league, but I just fear that the offensive line is going to make Daniel be under stress, and he's not going to be able to live or, or manage it well. Yeah. So just to let you know, PFF, after the end of the 2020 season, they did the defensive line rankings. The Eagles came second. Okay. Well, the line is dope. They're projecting them in 2021 to be the fifth ranked one. Okay. So Consistently, defensive the line, line is great. Is good, yeah. I think secondary, yeah, you're right. But mm-hmm. defensive line, I dreadful. think they're going to be still great. Okay. So to continue on my, my list here, Dallas, I think, is going to come in second. You mentioned it. Their defense, both of you guys mentioned it. Their defense really is still bad. Overall, their secondary is not good. They brought in Keanu Neal. I'm not a huge fan of that signing because he's so injury prone. But I do believe that their offense is going to be able to win them games still. Dak is still a very efficient quarterback. Amari Cooper is still one of the best receivers in our league. CeeDee Lamb is an up-and-coming superstar, in my opinion. I think Ezekiel Elliott bounces back. You mentioned that he's regressed since his rookie season. I don't agree with that at all. I think he's improved his ability to be a pass-catching back as well. I believe that this offensive line, 
the misfortunes that they've had. Travis Fredericks again uh, retiring. Tyron Smith being in and out of the lineup. Zach Martin being in and out of the lineup. Lyle Collins being in and out of the lineup. That's that's what's been the primetime thing about the Cowboys for the past few years, even going back to when Roman was there, that this O-line is all-world good, and it just hasn't been there together all at once in recent memory. But Zeke still has been able to, to, to manage with it. Last season, he wasn't great because obviously he didn't have Dak, but he still put up a respectable season, not what we come to expect out of him. But I believe now that Dak's back, now that this offensive line right now at least is somewhat healthy, I do believe Zeke has a, a comeback season. And I believe that they win nine games. I think that this division's still not going to be great. But ultimately, number one, Washington football team, I think they win 10 games this season. They definitely have the best defense in this in this division. Offensively, I look for them to take a leap. They bring in Curtis Samuel. Uh, the offensive line, they lost Moses. Uh, blinking on his last name. Morgan Moses. Morgan Moses. They, they they signed Charles Leno Jr. Which I'm a fan of, but I'm mostly a fan of bringing in a quarterback that's not going to be afraid to throw the ball. Alex Smith is a game manager. He's always been that. Kyle Allen, whatever. Heineke played really. He played really good for being Heineke in a cha- in a, a postseason game against the soon to be Super Bowl champions. And overall, I just think that I trust Ryan Fitzpatrick to to win more games than what. Uh, Alex Smith and those guys did last season and Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel to benefit from Ryan Fitzpatrick being a gunslinger and I think that given that how good that defense is given how Ryan Fitzpatrick has been shown has shown the ability to be successful over these last few years the Dolphins Tampa Bay for a few games I think that they definitely can get the job done I think they win 10 games 10 and 7 is more than enough to win this division given the fact that it's not all too talented you said a lot of things there. You know, you said you talk about the Cowboys. I think they could have a winning record, but you know, Dak, these past couple of years, he's put up the stats, but he hasn't won anything. You know, I think I saw somebody message this in, in a Discord chat the other day, and I agree with it. They said Dak Prescott is a, is a come from behind player. Oh, to a saucy. No, nah, it wasn't him. It was somebody else. But Dak Prescott to this point, last couple of he, the last he couple does of years, the league and. Come from behind. You know, the Dallas Cowboys, they start off really bad, including the offense and Dak. And then, you know, the game I remember mostly is the game versus Green Bay. On prom time, it was America's game of the week. You know, Green Bay is blowing him out. And that's when Dak starts to show up and pad his stats. And that's what he's been doing. Even this past season, him, you know, all this talk about Dak Prescott being on a, on a pace to set records and stuff. So was Russell Wilson. But Russell Wilson slowed down as the season progressed because that's what usually happens as teams figure out your offense. I don't think Dak was going to set any records this past season despite his hot start. I think it was just a small sample size where he played well, but I don't think he was going to do it for the entirety of the season. I think the Cowboys do finish second or third in the division. I actually think the Eagles ceiling is high. You know, I think... The Eagles can finish second in this division. Mm. I know people are counting them out and saying that the Eagles are going to be last in this division, but I think their floor is winning six games. I think their ceiling is winning nine. Well, we win nine. That'd be dope. Because I think that defensive line being a top five ranked unit, I would say more so top 10, getting Anthony Harris, who was ranked as a top five safety in a league with Minnesota, getting Steven Nelson starting corner to start alongside Darius Slay, linebacking core is still not good. And then with that great offensive line, you know, you you said that you think Devontae Smith is a star right off the bat. Dallas Goddard, 
Zach Ertz, Miles Sanders. I think they'll have enough to rack up wins, and they have the easiest schedule of all these teams. They face the Jets. They face the Lions. They face the Bengals, I believe. It's either the Bengals or the Texans. And the Jaguars, I think, one of those as well. I could I could double-check that, but the Eagles have the easier schedule, and they have a lot of games that they, that are easily winnable. I, they have about four four or five games on the schedule that I think they I would favor them in those games. Because of that, I think they can easily win six and possibly win nine if if it really calls for it. Now on to the NFC West. This is probably the toughest division in football right now. The 49ers, the Rams, the Seahawks, the Arizona Cardinals. I personally have the San Francisco 49ers winning. I think they will go 13 and 4. Just to talk about San Fran for a bit, do you think they'll finish at the top of this division? I I had them at 12 and 5. So first in the division? Whether, it doesn't matter who starts for me. I think Jimmy G will probably start, and I think he's good enough to keep them under control. But I think that defense is still going to be one of – like I'm going to be safe and say top seven, top eight, but it's going to be one of the best in the league. And I think the offense with Kittle, Debo, Samuel, now you get a full year, Brandon Ayuk, if that's how you say it. Brandon Ayuk, yep. Yeah, I think him you know, coming into his own last year really helped him in developing that receiver spot alongside Debo, so I think that's really good. Raheem Mostert is going to be a good running back for them, so I like their team, and I had them number one, too. I don't think they'll be number one, personally. I have the Rams winning this division. Not to say that the 49ers aren't going to be solid this season. I think that as long as they remain healthy, we saw that that could be an issue for them. I do believe that they're going to be among the better teams in the NFC, but I do think that this is the Rams season. I think that Matthew Stafford is going to transition very well into McVay's offense. He's played in a significantly worse offense over in Detroit and has had success. Now he's going to one of the best offensive minds in the league, giving him Robert Woods, giving him Cooper Cup right off the bat. It's unfortunate that Cam Akers had to get hurt because I believed in Cam Akers. But Daryl Henderson isn't a slouch when healthy. Now, Daryl Henderson struggled with staying on the field, but ultimately I just feel the Rams as a whole – Offensively, defensively, obviously they have the best defensive player in Aaron Donald, the best secondary player in Jalen Ramsey. You lose John Johnson, which definitely hurts, but overall that team is one to be reckoned with. Yeah, and I, I think the Rams, if they're not one, they're two. For me, they're two. I think they'll go twelve and five. The Niners thirteen and four. The Rams also got Deshaun Jackson, which if he stays healthy can be a great vertical threat. I think Stafford is going to have a top 10 quarterback season in McVay's offense because it's the first time that he's in an offense that is going to cater to him and that is going to run the ball. In Detroit, you never had a great rusher. There was never a great running attack. Now you're with the Rams. They're going to run the ball. They're going to insert these zone running schemes and you know pass out of play action a lot, which is going to help Matthew Stafford. In terms of the defense, they lost John Johnson. I think that was a pretty big loss. But with Aaron Donald there, they'll still be a top defense. I have San Fran because I just think fully healthy. You look at the roster from top to bottom, the roster is just better. Like the offensive line, I think favors the Niners. I think the weapons with Debo, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, who I think is going to have a breakout season, I think it favors the Niners. The running backs with Raheem Mostert. Then you look at the defensive line. Even though the Rams have a great defensive line, well, I would say they have a great player on the defensive line in Aaron Donald. Yeah. But you look at the Niners with Javon Kenlaw, Nick Bosa, D. Ford, Eric Armstead. Nick Bosa did not play yeah, last year. Either. All those guys are there. You look at Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw. I mean, top to bottom, they just have a stacked roster. Seattle, I have it eleven and six. 
you know, do you think Seattle misses the playoffs or do you have them around that? Well, um, uh, that's I think this this division is gonna shoot out three teams to make the playoffs. Now, whether it be you know whether we see a Kyler Murray jump or the Cardinals just come out and start firing, you know they can do that. But I I have I have the Seahawks at eleven and six. You know I think Russell Wilson's there, so when he's there, you know you can't really count them out too much. I had them finishing third. I think you know just to get this out of the way, them and the Cardinals are gonna tie. It's gonna really come down to the end of the season for them. 11 and 6, 10 and 7, it's going to be one of those for them. But I think, you know, with Seattle, their team is really constructed on how far can Russell Wilson take them. And I think he's, you know, elite enough and he's shown us that he can at least take them to the playoffs. Yeah, I, I've made the mistake before of thinking Seattle wasn't going to make the playoffs because yeah. last year I thought their roster top to bottom wasn't very great. But Russell Wilson has obviously shown that every single season he's going to carry the load for Seattle and, and win a bunch of games. So because of that, I think... I wouldn't be surprised if they missed it, though, this year. You think so? Yeah, this I think year, the roster's a little bit better. Just because the NFC is so stacked this year, and with, you know, the resurgence of the, you know... Um, damn, damn, I just had... Of the Rams, you know, Cardinals are getting better. It's it's really... I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Plus, the Vikings are back. They're healthy. Green Bay's still around. You know, there's a lot of teams in that NFC. I feel like my team to miss the playoffs in the division would probably be the Cardinals just because they don't have the best defense overall. Obviously, given the fact that Chandler Jones is in talks of potentially being traded off the team, even though I do love the idea of Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt being together, that is one That's of the, crazy. the best duos pass rush in the league by far off rip, even before they've even played a game. But secondary-wise, they're depleted really badly. Obviously, Buda Baker is a really great safety in our league, but safety's not going to change secondary for you ultimately. You need corners, excuse me, and Patrick Peterson losing him. Excuse me. Uh, is losing him to Minnesota, even though he is older, still a a, a huge part of that that defense. Not only skill wise, leadership wise, he meant a whole lot to that squad. And you lose him, I couldn't even tell you a corner on their on their team. Byron dude. Murphy, Byron Murphy Jr. But By- Byron Murphy, they were supposed to have Malcolm Butler, but he's retiring. I did see that. Byron Murphy Jr. is not bad. I think he does have potential to be solid in this league, but still early. It's, it's it yeah. is still early, and they just lack depth there. And I think that they're going to continue to get torched. But if Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt get to the quarterback fast, it could make up for their secondary being spotty. They have that safety, too. It's Buda Baker. No, it's another one. Or if he, he might be a linebacker. He's young. He just got drafted. Isaiah Simmons. Yes, there he is. Riddick is on. Hassan Riddick is on the Panthers. Okay, sorry about that. Uh, so now I'm looking at their offense. Now, offensively, this is where things get crazy because obviously Kyler Murray is a, a potential top five quarterback at the end of the season, in my opinion. Kyler Murray is a great passer of the ball. Wait, wait, wait. He could be top a top five. Five? Yeah. Yo, yeah. you shot so better than Rodgers. No, okay, wait, hold on, hold on. So Rodgers, Mahomes, Watson. Allen. Watson. He's probably not going to play this okay, season. So Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Yep. Mahomes, Watson. Lamar Jackson. No, so he could be better than him. He has a better arm than he does. Maddie, uh, Matthew Stafford? No, no, he'll be. Yeah, yeah I think. He'll be better yeah, it's. Listen, I don't know if he'll have a better season, but I think he you he could be better than Stafford potentially. Yeah. The top five was Josh Allen. So you said it, Josh Allen, Mahomes, Brady, Rogers, probably probably Brady, but yeah, it's really not. It's it, not. We should bet. I know. I'm gonna bet on Brady because I'm not gonna be a fool. Lamar. He could be better than Lamar. Mm. That is crazy. That He's was, a better thrower than he is. Obviously, Lamar is a better a, that runner. Was strong. It hit me at first. I think what's going to hold them back is that Cliff Kingsbury is not going to fulfill that offensive potential. I understand what you're saying there, but I feel like 
up until this point, Kyler Murray's still done a good job to overcome. Oh, that. Russell Wilson, Jesus Christ! I'd be, I'll be honest. No, uh, Russell's great. He could. He what are you about to say? Pass him. Oh, you're high on Murray. I mean, yeah. Russell Wilson was Kyler Murray. I mean, Kyler Mur- Russell Wilson was Kyler good. Murray's prompt. Absolutely. So you think after this season, Kyler Murray it could, it could be a could year pass three. This Russell is year Wilson. three for Murray. So you think Kyler Murray is a top five quarterback after this year? He, he could be 100. percent We'll definitely. be back for this. All right, which is fine. Listen, I mean, if I'm gonna, if you're, no, stand if, on it. It's of course, stand dude. It's Kyler Murray. That's a very solid dude to stand on. It sounds crazy. It sounds it does. But I'm. I'm fine saying that. I, I think, say it again. I say top five is crazy because I think it's Rodgers, Mahomes. You have it's Josh Watson Allen, if he plays or not, Lamar bro. Jackson, Russell Wilson. You're taking, that's five. You're taking uh, Lamar over. I Kyler? am take. I am definitely taking Lamar Jackson over Kyler. Mm, you hate debatable. Lamar too. That's he hates Lamar too. I, I like Lamar a lot. I just think Kyler is overall better than he is. Gangster. We'll see. Yeah. I don't know. And you now to continue. On I mean, what I think I was if saying. you give Lamar the hop. We gonna we would see a different Lamar. Okay, which is fair, but we saw Kyler Murray still be a top quarterback his rookie season. Not a top, but a, a solid quarterback. Now, his he was season. solid. I yeah, say for sure. Top. I wouldn't say top quarterback though. But for rookie season, that was one of the better rookie seasons we've seen over the last few years out of a quarterback. We saw the same thing out of Baker though. Uh touchdowns saw better, for sure. We saw a yeah. better rookie year out yeah. of Baker. Baker tough. Uh, Baker's another one. The he thing tough. is that we're not taking into account his running stats also. Because last year, he was unbelievable He's running the football. Hell, I get yo. you, but Lamar is the first quarterback to ever rush for 1,000 yards and pass for no, 3,000. for sure. Listen, Lamar is special. But whose arm do I trust more personally? Skyler Murray. Oh, man. I don't know. I, I You know, I, I've been I've been on the record saying that I, I'm not Wait, a what big about fan Herbert? of Lamar. Wait, oh, yeah. Herbert, I'm forgetting. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, I'm, I'm forgetting about Herbert. Bro, I'm here, bro. You no, know, I think Justin Herbert's better than Kyler Murray. Okay? <laughs> yeah, he like, probably will be like at the end of the next actually, year. Actually, I'm going out on the limb, and I'm going to say that I think the Chargers, at the end of the year, are going to have a top five offense in the NFL. So we said Rodgers, Mahomes, Josh Wilson. Allen. I'm not t- I'm not going to give Wilson personally. No, we're saying right now, like, as who's the five right now, Wilson. Oh, oh, he's no, saying after the end, end of the season. Oh, the end of the really, season so you don't trust I have Herbert as an MVP this season, so I'm I'm How cool with him. I just no, I forgot him too. Yeah, exactly. That's got crazy. I'm gonna I'll give I'll give y'all Herbert. So you're saying you're putting Kyler over Russell Wilson? Yeah, Dang, wow. and Lamar. Oh man, I don't know. Oof. I listen. I love Kyler Murray, and now you bring in AJ Green in single coverage. You running backs. I don't backs, know AJ Green. He had that coverage. last year. No, but he was still in and out of the lineup for he whatever was reason. Number ones though. He not gonna he didn't get number really ones. Play nah, because the Bengals were garbage. Mm, he was AJ Green was seeing Denzel Ward, Marlon Humphreys. He was still seeing those guys. He was. When he played, yeah, when but, regard, he played. but regardless of that, he really wasn't for now some D-Hop reason he wasn't motivated last season. Even if, even though he was playing with the number one I pick overall, you. I mean, I think Edge is going to have a better year, but I don't know. I, I, I'm not saying all, I, like, I've seen all world. I've seen Russell Wilson carry squads that have no business being in the playoffs. I've also seen Russell Wilson start a season. The first ten to eleven games, Russell is arguably the best quarterback in the league. Come that last five four games stretch. You start to see Russell kind of slow down because he's ta- it's taking a toll and carrying a roster. But is that it's tough? Is that him or just taking just taking a toll on because his team quarterbacks still do it? You know what I'm saying? Kyler hasn't, but he hasn't. Stop. How many games did he win last season? He won a good amount, not like nothing crazy. The, and the At least thing, seven. And I the reason why they were not in, they were good. He was in the MVP discussion for like the so first four So you think Kyler Murray will be better than Ron Tannehill next year? Yeah. After next season, with Tannehill having Julio and AJ Brown and Derrick Henry. The thing is that when I'm taking into account his still his rushing ability. So you okay. have you have Kyler over Dak then? Yeah. Okay. Just making sure. Yeah. I, I would have Kyler over Dak too. Yeah. I think 
top, I think Kyler's borderline top ten right Kyler now. Kyler is tough. It, I, I, he's top ten, top five. I don't know. I just think those guys are stamped. It's right a lot. Now. No, it's definitely a, a, a strong statement. But I'm I'm more than confident. So you have saying Cardinals it. finishing at the end of the. It's fourth. no. I'm saying that it's it's possible because their defense is probably the worst. Out of all the four, out teams? of the four, yeah. I mean, I have the Niners first, the Rams second. The Seahawks started in the Cardinals for And then you have Rams, Niners. I have Rams, Niners, Seahawks. So Cardinals. we're all in agreement yeah. on the first three. Yeah. Well, not really, but Niners, Rams, and Seahawks yep. are the first So this again. is probably where we're going to disagree. NFC North predictions. Off the bat, I think the Bears and the Lions are out of this discussion, yep. especially the Lions. We know they're going to be awful. Yep. The Bears, they have a very tough schedule. Offensive line stings. I, you guys have heard from me that I don't think Matt Nagy is a good coach at all. Defensive line will still be great, but that secondary is going to take a hit. And we'll see when Justin Fields starts, but he's, he is a rookie. There's a lot yeah. of pressure to put on him to say that they're going to win games because of him. I think the Bears go 5-12, and 12, so I think this division is between the Minnesota Vikings and the Green Bay Packers. I have the Minnesota Vikings. There's no doubt about that. I've been saying it for the last couple of months, but I do have a change of heart in this. I think the Vikings and Packers will both win the same amount of games. Ah, finally. I think they will win. Uh, they will both win 11 games, and the Vikings will own the tiebreaker because I think they'll have the better home record. Mm. You know, but I do think they have the same record. I think these teams are evenly matched. But if let's like if Kirk Cousins was just better, you know, if he was Rodgers, then I think they win this division by a landslide. Yeah, because I, I think agree. the roster top to bottom is better. Yeah, I, I think. But know, obviously, Rodgers just puts them at that eleven win plus yeah, that's, category. That's why you know I have Green Bay at one, but I have both of these. I had both of these teams even before I had both of these teams making the playoffs. This is one of the other divisions where I have two teams making the playoffs. I think these two teams are clearly above and beyond the Bears and the Lions. They're going to get four wins easily off both those teams. But I think, you know, like you said, you know, Minnesota top to bottom is a better roster than Green Bay. But Green Bay's roster isn't bad. And the thing that's putting them over is the fact that they have the, one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play who's still playing at a high level. So I think that's what really, you know, the gap between Aaron and Kirk is just so big that I, I would put Green Bay as my number one. But I had them 11 and 6. I have Minnesota 11 and 6 also. I, I feel like it's just going to come down. I think Green Bay is just going to win. The, both, both the division games and that's what's going to put them as a higher seed but I have both of these guys making the playoffs regardless I do agree both will make the playoffs I just believe that this is a written in the stars type season for the Packers I'm not saying that they're necessarily going like to win the Super dance? Bowl it, it, it's type vibes not the last dance because obviously the yeah, Bulls no are MJ. a different whole type of conversation yeah. that being said <clears throat> Rodgers is still an all-time great player and he still has all-time great players around him as well Tay Adams I don't think Aaron Jones is probably all-time great, he's but he's tough. still a top running back in our league. Jair. Jair tough. is an all-time. He's on that route of being an all-time great corner. Uh, Zadarius Smith, I got I got a little backlash for not giving <laughs> him his credit, but Zadarius Smith is a solid player for sure. He's an amazing, amazing defensive player. I just think overall the Packers aren't going to allow themselves to, to lose this division. I think that Rodgers is coming with a different type of motivation this season, and he was already motivated these last two seasons and was they both teams made it to the NFC championship game loss to the Buccaneers. But that was a game that could have gone either way, even after being down 20 plus points. And they got, they got their butt whipped by San Fran. As simple as that. Uh, but going into this season, it's a different type of feel. Now 
it could potentially be the greatest quarterback to ever touch a Green Bay uniform's last season with them. Devontae Adams, this could be his last season with them too. Yeah. Aaron Jones is probably signed there for a little while, but if you lose him, you got to contemplate trading him because you, do you really want him to be one of your higher people on your payroll? In my opinion, I wouldn't want that. Obviously, I think Jair will probably get his bag, but if Rodgers is gone, Tay is gone, is Jair really going to want to stay? They'll probably tag him for a year or two, probably two years if Jair is saying he wants out, but this is the last season that we're going to see the Green Bay Packers be the Green Bay Packers we've become accustomed to, and I think that they go 14-2 and two this season. I think they have a great season, probably the number one, number two seed in the NFC, the worst they could be, in my opinion, number two. And that's no knock to Minnesota. I think Minnesota is going to be a solid team this year. 11-12 wins in that vicinity. Uh, their defense is going to take a step up this season. Uh, I still worry about their offensive line a bit, but they've made some adjustments to that line. Uh, I, I think offensively, they have some of the best weapons in the game. Obviously, Dalvin Cook is a top three running back, in my opinion, top four at worst. Uh, you have Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, arguably the best duo in the league, arguably. Um, I probably no. would, Arguably. Tennessee. Okay, I, I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with Tennessee. Yeah. Even, I'm blanking on somebody. Oh, Tampa, you can say Tampa too. I That's fine, because Tampa has three. I don't... So, you said that this is the last time we're going to see the Packers be the Packers. So that means that you believe Jordan Love is not going to be I'm not a fan great. of Jordan Love personally. Okay. I don't know yet. Yeah. I, you know I love I know Love. you. I know I what you Love. know. I don't know I, My opinion on this is I think in the NFL, it's, it's so much different than the NBA in the aspect that Devontae Adams is going to stay as long as he's going to get his back. Facts. You know, in the NFL – they have so much control over their players. You can franchise them for two years before they hit the open market. I don't think Jairi is going anywhere. I don't think Devontae Adams, even if Rodgers leaves, is going anywhere. He's I think the they're all staying. And with Jordan Love, if, if you know he's under center, I think he'll be good. You know, I, I thought that if Aaron Rodgers didn't play the season and Jordan Love got thrust into the starting lineup, I think he he would have got them at least seven to eight, nine wins. You know, I think Jordan Love is going to be a good quarterback. And with if Rodgers does, in fact, leave next year, which is a huge if because if they have a great season, he might stay. You give Jordan Love, Robert Tunyon, and Devontae Adams, and Randall Cobb if he stays, Marquez Valdez-Scantlin, and Aaron Jones, I think he'll be just fine. That's why I, I think the Packers, they might not be that perennial Super Bowl contender or top of the NFC North every year, but they'll still be competitive. The Packers don't have David Bakhtiari until week six, week seven. Rough. Week one, they face the Saints. Week three, they face the Niners. Week four, they face the Pittsburgh Steelers. And week seven, they face Washington. That means within those first seven weeks, they're going to face an elite defensive line. And I don't think Elton Jenkins is going to is gonna be the savior for this team. Maybe at who he's um, blocking, but... Losing Corey Lindsley, then your tackles are Dennis Kelly and Billy Turner. You're, if you move Elton Jenkins to center now, you don't have that guard spot filled out. Josh Myers, a rookie, is a rookie. Uh, you know, there's just a bunch of question marks on this offensive line, and that's why I'm not comfortable in, in saying that they're going to be winning a bunch of games because you think they're going to go 14 and three or 15 and two around Damn, there. I, 14 and three sounds right. 14 and three. Jeez. I, that means that they're I keep forgetting that there's 17 games. Yeah, I don't even I don't know. That's gonna be tough. That's gonna it's be tough. tough. 14. That means they on Aaron on a different vibe right now. Because I think that's look, what he's gonna be on, man. Because you look at the Packers schedule, the Saints, 
the Niners, the Steelers, the football I team. Minnesota twice. The Cardinals, the Chiefs, the Seahawks, the Vikings, the Rams, that means going on the Browns, the yeah. Ravens. This is a and you the believe Vikings, it. I do. You believe the Vikings it. have the same kind of gruesome schedule, and that's why I, I think they both win the same amount of games. And it's probably gonna come down to the top. MJ last dance. He, MJ Aaron Tay Scotty Rodman is Jair. He said they on that type of energy. I think it's gonna be like that, man. For real, coming for the, you know that's crazy. They got a squad. It's not like they haven't been proving it. You know, they two NFC nah, championships back tough. to back. It's tough. It's I mean, tough. I, I've seen my team go to two AFC championships. Back Yo, bro, to back. we don't. Care. Yeah, that was all right. Bad NFC South. Game. Yeah. No, the AFC East. No, NFC South. That's the next comp division we're doing. Oh, yeah, NFC South. <laughs> <laughs> NFC South record predictions. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Saints, Panthers, Falcons. I mean, I think we're, we all think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yep. are winning this division. I think they're going to be the, the one sole team. I think team we're all just going to be different on the Saints. To wipe the floor with these, to wipe the floor with their teams. I think the Buccaneers are going to go 15-2 and two this season. I think Tom Brady... My two MVP picks this year are Tom Brady and Ryan Tannehill. I think Tom Brady might become the oldest MVP in NBA in NFL Yo. history. He already was because I think he won it at like 39 or 40 with New England in 2018, I believe. It was one of those he'll years. Be, he'll beat his own record. Tom Brady is just a different breed. The Buccaneers have a stacked roster. And I try to tell you, I try to tell you. <laughs> Last year, I tried to tell you how stacked their roster was. Let it go, bro. Let it go. I tried to tell you now. It, it's like now it's like so common knowledge and easy to say how good they are. Yeah. But this team is is such a great team, top to bottom. But I think we'll bore people by just talking about them because we all ex- we all are expecting them to win the division and be the favorites to win the yeah, Super Bowl I, I at least at one or two, three. I have them at fourteen and three because I'm not too. I think it's going to be between the Packers and the Buccaneers, between that one and two seed. So I'm not too sure right now who has the edge going into the season. I think it's definitely the, the Buccaneers, is, obviously, since they just won the Super Bowl and they have the same exact roster that they had last season, which has never happened before in NFL history. Who Do you think the Saints are going to make the playoffs? I don't believe so. I don't have them in. I think this is the only division I have. This one in NFC East where one team comes out. Because the thing is, you look at the NFC West, there's going to be potentially three teams that make it in that division. Now, we look at the North, Packers and Vikings. So where's the other wildcard spot? You don't think the Panthers have a chance at the playoffs? So that's funny that you say that. I do believe they finished second in this division. I just think that they miss out on it because I just... I take in the order Seahawks for you to do over that, them. Wouldn't you have to believe in Darnold? <clears throat> and I, I do believe Darnold has you a don't. decent season. I don't believe in Darnold. That's why I'm actually like But it's, it's very hard to fail with Robbie, Moore, yeah. Terrace Marshall, and CMC. Okay. If he fails, he really does suck. So I agree. Yeah. But, it, it, you know, it's hard team. to fail with them. because They're just lacking in the quarterback. Yeah, and I think their defense is a very young, up-and-coming defense. You have Brian Burns, Hassan Reddick, then J.C. Horn. They also have Dante Jackson on, the, on, the, on that secondary as well. Yep. Jeremy Chin is there. I mean, they have a Derek Brown, their first round pick of last year. They have a really year. good team. They have, really a, really good good team. They have a solid roster for sure. Yeah, DJ Moore and McCaffrey are still young too. That, but my problem Robbie with Anderson them is, is that I think That's Joe Brady awesome. coming yeah. from New Orleans, Joe Brady coming from New Orleans and going to Louis, um, LSU, then going to Carolina, we praise him as this next great OC, but he struggles in red zone offense. Last year, the Panthers were one of the worst red zone offenses in the league. And Teddy Bridgewater said, we don't practice it. <laughs> in, the, in the preseason, they had one of the worst red zone offenses again. You know, obviously it's preseason, but maybe Teddy's right. They don't practice it. And they leave a lot of points on the board. I watched a lot of Carolina games last year. They were a fun team to watch because 
They were a competitive team. They couldn't get the ball in the end zone. Mm. And if that's the same case this upcoming season, I don't know how many games they'll win. I actually have Carolina at five wins, and I have Atlanta at five wins as well. I have both of them at five wins. I could be wrong about the Panthers. That's the one team I think I could be wrong about because if Sam, you know, has a great year, you know, and then everything changes. I think the Saints are going to be vying for that last wild card spot in the NFL. It's going to be between them and the Cardinals. I have the Saints at eleven and six. Wow. And Arizona at eleven and six. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You're high on the Saints, um, man. Like I said, if Arizona, if it's it's really on the tiebreaker. The last team will be Arizona or New Orleans. Like I've been telling you since last year, mm-hmm. Jameis Winston, I believe in Winston. I'm a Jameis Winston believer. And I think this New Orleans Saints team defensively is still great. You look at their offense. Offensive line is still one of the best in the league. Alvin Kamara is still one of the best backs. Even though Michael Thomas is not there, I think that Marquez Callaway. When does he come back? I, don't, I think he's going to miss about like three, four weeks. And I think Mark, yeah, MT. I thought they said six weeks. Oh, six weeks. Oh, yeah, even more. Okay. I think Marquez Callaway is going to shock a lot of people this upcoming year. I agree with that. And Sean Payton, I just think he's just a genius as an OC. That's where I have a little pushback. I'm not a huge fan of Sean Payton's, especially come playoff time. I love Sean Payton. I think these past couple of years, they have been held back because Drew Brees has not been the old Drew Brees. Drew Brees' limitation shows. And I think these past couple of seasons... Sean Payne has been maximizing Drew Brees and making him look better than what he actually was. His stats look awesome. He went 5-0 and with Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater looked like, I mean, he had nine touchdowns, zero picks with Sean Payne. Yep. Getting Jameis, a guy who threw 33 touchdowns, 5,000 yards, obviously the interceptions are there. I think now in this offense, learning it for a year, it's not going to be that same learning curve where he's going to make mistakes early on because this is new. This is stuff that, He's been memorizing and, and sucking in for the last couple of, for the last year. Clip, yeah, <laughs> which is why I believe that he's gonna just come out and start firing right off the gate. He's gonna he's gonna do great. I think Jameis is gonna he's going to win Comeback Player of the Year this year. I think Jameis does have a good season. The only issue that I have with going eleven and five is the weapons. Callaway's gonna be good, but who else? Yeah, Kamara is gonna see. Is he gonna have a thousand yards receiving? Kamara's gonna do it. Do you think he could have a thousand yards receiving? Yes, he could come close to it. Because that's the only way that I'm I think okay 800, with it. 800 yards but has Jameis ever been known to dump off to the running back like that? He's gonna have to. That's all right. Young man, Musicus. You're a clown. No, I'm awful. That's all right, bro. So, all right, final final rankings for me. I'm gonna go Buccaneers, 15, fourteen and three. I'm gonna go Panthers. You don't think Kamara can go 800, 800? 800, 800, definitely. Yeah, 800, 800, 800, but he's probably going to have to go 1,000, 1,000. He's watched the system for a year. He's learned. Man, Kamara last year had 16 touchdowns rushing. Ridiculous. 932 yards. He had 756 yards receiving five touchdowns. Jesus I mean, and I I think he could go for 1,000 if they lock, because they have Latavius Murray as a running back. So if anything, you know, he could be your buy. Yeah, and you can have... um, you can have Alvin Kamara at the slot, and he can go out there. They, I mean, there's a lot of unproven guys. Guys, Traquan Smith, Traquan Smith is unproven. Marquez Callaway, even though I think Marquez Callaway will, will be good, there's a lot of unproven guys. But when you have an offensive line this good, Teron Armstead, Andres Pete, Eric McCoy, Cesar Ruiz, and Ryan Ramchick, 
it's really hard not to be a great offense. Agreed. Especially with Sean Payne calling the plays. I just think they'll find a way. And that defense, it's really good, man. You got Quan Alexander, Demario Davis, Malcolm Jenkins, Marcus Williams, Marshawn Lattimore. They 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 signed Brian Poole, even though he's on IR right now. Cameron Jordan, who's been a course, top edge rusher. I just think they'll still be a great team. I don't see them dropping off much. Eleven and five is just—I feel that's a little bit six. too high. I feel like I'm gonna go or eleven and six. Yeah. Eleven and six. Excuse me. I keep going sixteen right. games. Get it, get it, I will get it. Get it. I get will. It. I know too much football to not get it. Seventeen games. You know so bit. I'm gonna go. I'm probably gonna go Panthers, Saints, then followed by the Falcons. I think Falcons went around five, six games. I feel like the Saints will probably win eight games. Uh, probably go. It's eight and nine because that's seventeen. Good job. Thanks. And then I think the Panthers will probably go nine and eight. I think they have a, a nine and eight season. And fourteen I, and I, three for the big boys up top, Tampa Bay. I have the Saints winning nine to ten games. Okay, now, I think they'll at least get there. You know, like you said, their roster is still for the most part everybody's still there except yep. they have a new quarterback. It's just MT's going to miss some times, but Kamara he showed even when MT was out last year he can carry the load for sure until he gets back. I have the Panthers winning seven games. I think that'd be their. I think they can. They're good enough where they can win seven games. Yeah, and then the Falcons are going to win about five, six games. You know, they're just losing. Julio is going to be big. They lost a lot of pieces on that defense. Yeah, so it's just going to be overall bad team this year. So I have the Falcons winning five, around five, six games. And that's going to do it for our NFC predictions. This going to do it for episode one hundred nine. Now we hope you guys enjoyed the episode. As always, you can support us on Patreon or via YouTube membership. And you can get access to our Discord server. We're also going to start doing some exclusive stuff for you guys as well. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Pickaside Podcast, on Twitter at Pickaside Pod. And thank you guys for watching, and we'll see you next time.